This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Thursday in Jacksonville. We do feel like we're up north a little bit. We said it yesterday. Another dreary day. Two in a row in I'm Jacksonville. All about it. Back-to-back dreary days. Let's go. Hey, congratulations to the Bulls. Bulldogs football program. Uh, nice effort last night. Comes up short. Uh, oof, a highly talented uh, Booker T. Washington team finally showed up like late in the fourth quarter, I would say, because some of the athleticism, some of the plays they made. Oof. Uh, but uh, still a good effort. And uh, high school football season in the books. Here in Jacksonville, in fact, uh, we will have our award show on TV Saturday night, 10.30 on Fox 30, 11.30 on CBS 47. So uh, make sure you check it out. Uh, Player of the year, coaches of the year, team of the year, all those kind of good things as we celebrate the high school football season. Brent Morneau, Austin Lane, Coos along here on a Thursday. Oh, my gosh. Does it feel like the offseason around here or what? A little bit. I mean, it just does. Like there is no, there's nothing. You know what's happening? Um, I think there are rumors about uh, Scott Milanovic, the quarterback coach, going back to the Canadian Football League. That's what's happening. <laughs> Obviously, you didn't watch your John Morant highlights last night. We don't care about the NBA around hey, here. Hey, I don't care about Canadian Football League, so we got something in common, well, huh? My point is ha- you are you are putting an exclamation point on my point. There we go. Welcome to the offseason. There we go. Even though other teams still have three games to go, a playoff run, and, and there's just... And not only that, because nothing happened this week in Jacksonville. Like, mm-hmm. last week they went back to the quarterback, so there was something to at least say, okay, let's see what happens with Minshew. Mm-hmm. And that didn't materialize, so everybody's like, well, eh, eh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really nothing, like nothing, with the Jacksonville Jaguars right now uh, to carry on conversation about. That's what I was thinking. I was like, hey, what can we talk about? What kind of topics can we go? Can we go to the wall that says it all? Can we do anything? There's really not. The season's over. The season's dead. Do you want me to break down where it went wrong against, uh, you know, the last game against the Chargers? Because I can do that. It's not going to be pretty. No, I mean, (laughs) I think you continue to pile on to my point. I mean, no, you can't. So, like, there isn't. Like, Mm -hmm. but... Even as bad as it's been in Jacksonville in the past, it's not. It's still unusual to not be able to talk about anything. Sure. I mean, listen, I could talk about stuff, and we could we could either carry it on and uh, stretch it out, and these are some things that we'll probably talk about a lot going into like January and things like that. I'm not saying there's absolutely nothing. I have some things of, of curiosity. One of one of the big things is Gardner Minshew. Like, is the mania now gone? Like, I mean, is there nothing like that? That wave of people that couldn't wait for Gardner Minshew to get back in the saddle is now the the focus on just how bad Foles is and not really talking about Minshew because he hasn't been great and the in the the mania is just silence because the Jags have been so bad are we to the point in Jacksonville where a guy plays a bad game and that's it that's all she wrote <laughs> I mean are we yeah. to that point like if you play a bad game in Jacksonville well you can never be a good in Jacksonville again or in the NFL I mean that's that's where I feel like we're at with with some of these guys, and maybe that's reality. As I always say, if you're going to bet against somebody in the NFL, it's much easier than betting mm. for somebody in the NFL. But I almost feel like that with Minshew. As much as people loved him and said they couldn't wait for him, and it would feel different, and even in the losses it would look better, and I'd rather lose with him in there, even that's gone away in like a week's time. It has, but at the same time, I mean, granted, he didn't play – 
in Jacksonville, but it was still considered a home game. When they played in London, um, he had a, a pretty awful game as well. And people were still excited to see him, uh, you know, play again in Jacksonville. So I get what you're saying where he comes out against the Chargers, doesn't have, you know, necessarily the best game. Granted, a lot of people around didn't do many favors at all. There was a lot of drop balls. Offensive line didn't do its best. So from that perspective, is some of the luster maybe gone? Possibly. But I think at the same time, you got to keep it all in perspective. He, he is a rookie quarterback. And I think, in my opinion at least, the intrigue is still there. At least with Nick Foles, I pretty much know what I'm going to get because I've seen the past numbers. And unless, you know, uh, unless uh, a college coach with the higher caliber of like Chip Kelly comes back and throws something completely new on offense where they can revolutionize like the way an offense is ran, I don't see Nick Foles putting up Pro Bowl numbers. I just don't. The one year he did, he had that Chip Kelly offense. Well, guess what? Teams got hip to the ball game. So at least with, with Minshew, at least from my perspective, it's still promising because we don't know where he's at. Maybe he's going to crash and burn. Who knows? But there's always the possibility that this guy could be a Pro Bowl caliber, an all-pro caliber guy going forward. Yeah, there is. Yeah. But I guess I feel like there's about as every bit of possibility of that happen as there is Nick Foles happening right now. See, that's uh, that's not fair, though, Brent, because if we think back the past 10, 15 years, when has there ever been a quarterback where it's like, this dude could actually be the real deal. This guy could be one of the top five best quarterbacks, if not, you know, the top eight best quarterbacks in the NFL, just what we've seen so far. So, like, when have we ever had that kind of optimism? When when have Jaguars fans ever said, oh, yeah, this is Blake Bortles guy? Yeah, you gave him a new contract, but was Blake Bortles going to ever be a top five type no. of guy? No. Good was point. Blaine Gabbert going to be? Absolutely not. What was Dave Grog going to be? You kind of knew what Dave was bringing to the table, right? I think with Byron yep. Leftwich as well. So, at least I think, in my opinion, once again, just my opinion, with Gardner Minshew, I think you still have some of the intrigue there. And if you want to hang on to something, that's something you have to hang on to. Yeah, that's interesting. And that's, I guess, my overall point yeah. is I don't I don't know if even Jags fans, at least what I feel right now, still believe even that. I oh, think for they, sure. they've seen the last two games from Gardner Minshew. They saw the one half that was fun because it looked so bad in contrast or good in contrast to uh, Foles's half. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I mean, uh, again, if you weigh these last couple of performances when he started football games, they haven't been very good. And I guess so I piggyback on, man, we're ready to write people off in a heartbeat now here in Jacksonville because we're so fed up with everything. And so it can't work. It can't be the case. It can't do anything. And then I think uh, people are off that feel of Minshew. Now, that's not to say he can't play in the league and, and can't be a quarterback in the league. But I think any hopes, uh, uh, at least right now, I think the temperature is – yeah, this, this guy's not going to be a star in the league. I mean, he's going to be a fun guy in the league. He's gonna be, but I don't really sense that Jacksonville saying this guy's going to be a star in the league anymore. I I don't no. feel that, and I I felt that about a month ago. You know, I felt that before the Houston game. Mm. I felt that even a bit while Foles was playing, and people wanted him back in. Said, "Hey, it's a one-off thing, man. This guy's still going to be great." And so, it, it's uh, I guess it's a sad case of affairs around here though where even that thing that you hope to cling on to that fun story of Minshew feels like the question marks are certainly here and when a new regime to I guess the best way to put this is take Jacksonville fans out of it mm-hmm. take all of us out of it take our, our scarred nature out of this franchise and bring in somebody new that starts with a, a clear slate clean slate and and that offensive minded coach that comes in here and is he going to look at Gardner Minshew as 
eh, maybe he wasn't a sixth-round pick, but he's probably a fifth-round pick. Or is he going to look at Gardner Minshew like, hey, we can ride with this guy, man. We got a good quarterback situation down there. At the very worst, we have Nick Foles, but we got a good quarterback situation down there. I, I'm just, I, that's how I kind of look at it now. I'm like, what does this job look like for somebody coming in here in, in uh, the first week of January or middle of January? And now where I used to say, even a couple of weeks ago, like, I think a guy could, you could have a believer or two in Minshew. I'm not sure that coach from around the league coming in for his first job, second job, whatever job is saying, here's our guy. No, it's not here's our guy, but they're looking at his stats number because that's the most important thing. They're going back and watch the film and they're looking at some of its success. They see the success and then they see his age. They say he they they see he's a first year guy in yep. the NFL and I think a lot of coaches are intrigued by that. I want to bring the fans back into this real quick though. So, like you said, it doesn't feel like the Minshew Magic's back. I mean, it's just it's kind of gone by the wayside, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just been I mean, it feels it's dead, been a quite frankly. Season. It, it does feel dead, and people, I mean, the season has killed even that. And then there's been a small group of people that say, "Well, we should go back to Foles, see what Foles has again." Yeah, I, I don't okay. know. I haven't heard those people. Well, there's <laughs> been trust me, they're out there, Brent. You just gotta look a little harder, but they're out there. But here's my point, though. Okay, so Minshew Magic has lost its luster, but if the Jacksonville Jaguars lose to the Chargers, let's say. 17 to 10. Yeah. Do you think it's still around then? Um, it's going to be around a little more than losing 45 to 10 is my point. It is. I think it would be better. I think it would be more around if it was 45 to 31. Okay. But my point is is that the team that he's on right now is doing him zero favors. Yeah. The defense is giving up 45 points a game. Okay. The, their offense of line, struggling. No tight end and some decent receivers. And the play calling, we've talked about it, Brent, how many times? The play calling has been a little suspect. I don't know what Gardner Minshew is going to be in the future. I really don't. I like to be optimistic. I like to think that I've seen stuff on film where it's like, wow, th- this guy can do things that a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL can't do. I don't know what he's going to be, but I'm just saying you can lose the – I mean, if you're on the fence about, well, is he going to be the, the real deal or not, be on the fence all you want, but – you can't just put this all on Gardner Minshew now, right? Like, you just can't say, well, he's having a bad game, the Jaguars suck, and it's over. Well, yeah, the Jaguars aren't playing well, and they suck, for, for lack of a better word, but it's got a lot more to do than just with Gardner Minshew. It's the, it's the whole team. Man. But I do feel like, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, and, and listen, I'm not anybody, I mean, the, the Minshew thing's fine. I, I hope the Jags have two good quarterbacks. That's what I want them to be, so maybe I hope this answer is something that you're kind of saying. But I think if we go backwards two weeks, maybe even back up to three weeks, when anybody ever said that about Nick Foles, that this team stinks around him, that wasn't an okay excuse. Because Nick Foles is a vet. The, the, this is Gardner Minshew's first year, man. He's still trying. He's still adapting how to be an NFL player. Nick Foles has been in how many different teams? You should know by now. There is a double standard. When when you're a six, seven-year vet in the NFL compared to a rookie, I don't care if you're a quarterback, a defensive end, a tight end, name your position, there is a double standard. Simple as that. Do you think Lamar Jackson would be doing great things with this football team right now on offense? If they have Patrick all, Mahomes. If they, if they ran the type of offense that they do in Baltimore. All right, Patrick Mahomes then. Patrick Mahomes. More standard. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes would be doing better than Gardner Minshew, obviously, right now. Yeah, I think they'd be doing pretty well. I'm just saying this offense would be clicking a little bit yeah. more with a guy like Patrick Mahomes. I think so. All right, that's fair. Yeah. Because um, then I'll buy a little bit. I, I'm just saying if everything's broken around you, first of all, I think that's a bad uh, – we've gone that way before. Everything's mm-hmm. been broken around Gabbert. Everything mm-hmm. was broken around Bortles. That was an excuse for a long time for those guys, too. And, by the way, I played that excuse because I do think it's an important part of it. But I think at the end of the day, the quarterback, what we want to see is that quarterback can it overcome some of it. Sure. can't overcome everything. Mm-hmm. 
but can it overcome some of it? And again, I, I think it's worth noting that this offense has not been just crushed with injuries or anything like that. The tight end spot's weak. I get it. But outside of that, this offense has more been miscalculated than missing games. Mm-hmm. They're just not very good, especially with that offensive line. So I would just, I would hope by now we're seeing more plays that of, of a quarterback, Foles, Minshew, whoever, that is showing us signs of at least making a not so great offense a little bit better than what we're seeing at this point. And I have Houston to go on. I have this last game to go on. And again, I'll give Minshew was a lot better in the second half of that game a couple of weeks ago when he comes in relief of, of Foles. He absolutely yeah. was. So maybe that's what I can still hang my hat on. Well, there. And again, I'm not trying to knock Minshew. I'm just trying to – we've done this for a decade. So I'm trying to figure out the evidence and where it tracks. And is there is it more just the fun? Is there a blind faith in Minshew because it's different? Or is it all gone anyway? Is there no faith in anybody? And that includes number 15, even though he is just a rookie and he's only played well, eight or nine games. Look, I mean, that was fast for Gardner Minshew, man. It, it was very fast. <laughs> People have already given up on him, too. Let me go and ask you this question, then. Out of the rookie quarterback class this year, think of everybody that got, that got drafted. Yeah. Uh, give me some mix. Haskins, uh, so Drew we got Locke. Haskins. We got Kyler Murray, obviously. Oh, Murray, yeah. Ryan Finley. Uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah. Out of those guys, where, where, where would you want to start? Minshew or one of those other guys? And I get it. Kyler mm-hmm. Murray is debatable. Yeah, Kyler Murray is so different what he's doing. Yeah. I exclude Murray. That's why I guess when, uh, first he's, of all, he's the number, number one, one pick, pick anyway. So yeah. I would probably exclude him. But As, I'm, but I'm over talking, Haskins, absolutely. Yeah. Over Finley, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, Drew Locke now. It's starting to show something. Now, it's well, a small sample. Two games. Small yeah. sample. And if you took the small sample of, of Minshew, mm-hmm. I think we could have really had a fun debate, right? Absolutely. If we could have had Locke against Minshew back there in the Denver game, I think we had a fun debate about it. Yeah. So I get your point. And yeah. I haven't seen enough. And then but right Jones, now, he's trending in a good way is my point. He is trending That's in a good way. That's not a good way. football team either, you know. No, it's they not. They don't have a lot. No, they don't. But they have a tight end. I know they have a tight end. <laughs> but then we also got Doug. Uh, tight end, Cortland Sutton. They do Daniel have enough. Daniel Jones. Yeah, and then we have Daniel Jones from the Giants. And Daniel Jones, that's a good call. With a dynamic say. Saquon Barkley, who has been hurt, though. Keep in mind, Evan Ingram, starting tight end's been out for them as well. They've had yeah, some injuries. Kind of weak on the, uh, yeah, he's been high. Oh, I mean, I kind of yeah. liken him to to Minshew a little bit. Sure. He's given us some moments. Yeah. He's given, I remember those first couple of games, they were like, oh, here we go. Yeah. But they haven't had produced wins. And when you don't produce wins, the quarterback play is not going to get rewarded and sure. recognized. That's for sure. So, so I would say they're kind of, uh, now listen, I think comparable. from a personality standpoint, if you're going to give me one with Rodwood after what I've seen this year, I'll take Minshew on that. Of course. But, but I'm just saying from the quarterback but, position but, in general. But I'm saying also, I don't think the guy coming in here would. Because he doesn't no. check boxes and all that crap. I understand, right? But but I'm just saying on the court, like take take the the boxes out. I'm just saying from the quarterback position, what you've seen, either watching games or just you know seeing on stats, between Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, once again Kyler Murray, kind of the outlier. Yeah, Drew Lock, Ryan Finley, and Drew Lock. It's probably between Drew Lock and and Gardner Minshew. I think Lock, right? Minshew, and Jones would be in there. I haven't seen okay. anything from Finley. I don't like Haskins right now at sure. all. I think I've made my mind up on Haskins, whether that's fair or not. I don't okay. know, but I don't like what I see. Yeah. And I think, again, I think you've had a fi- – I, I don't know Daniel Jones' numbers right in front of me, but my guess is you've had this, like, well, up and down nature. Turn- well, he's had turnovers, too. Yeah. I mean, like, well, but again, galore. man, you know, we sit there and we look at Minshew. What people don't want to do, they put, put the stat up where I think it's, what, 15 touchdowns or something and five picks? Yeah. Well, don't forget to add in the fumbles now. That's an important part of this. That's where Daniel Jones has turned it over, too. Yeah. So, again, I think those guys – Drew Locke, I just – 
Well, let me ask me in five more games. Mm-hmm. But right now, I mean, he's trending in a very good way, of course. All right, we oh, got to take a break. Right. When we come back, we talk a little bit more about it. Uh, I, the reason I bring this up a, a little bit is I do want to see if his is the shine off him a little bit. Well, that's got uh, my yeah. curious. Like, uh, of all the topics to talk about with the Jags, there's not many. We can beat him to death. But this was a shiny new toy in Jacksonville. And could it be off him? Well, I'm already? Just, are you dead or already? And, I mean, are you giving up on yeah, that already? And here's why you don't give up on it. I mentioned Daniel Jones. He he has ten. He lost ten fumbles so far this season. Ten turnovers just from fumbles. Don't count the interceptions. So if we're comparing Daniel Jones, first round pick, if we're comparing uh, Drew Locke, who I think was a third round pick, we're, we're comparing Gardner Minshew. Well, going forward, the Giants they'll know they have Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is the guy. He's their guy. Everyone's talking about Drew Locke is going to be the guy. So why aren't people saying Gardner Minshew's going to be the guy going forward now? Yeah, I, the crazy thing is I thought at least all the fans would call in here and say, yes, he is. Yeah. I'm not sure that's the case anymore. I guess that's my point. Yeah. More to come on ESPN 690 right after this. Yeah, they're super disciplined, man. Like, they don't, like, you know, it's not just a ton of big names or anything like that, like some of the guys we played in the past, but everybody, they're very focused on their job. They're really well coached. Um, and, and just super disciplined to what they have to do. And anytime you play a team like that, they present challenges. Well, that's Gardner Minshew on the Oakland Raiders defense, and that actually took me by surprise, that soundbite. Mm-hmm. And when I read it in the transcript uh, yesterday, because it's an awful defense, statistically. They're not good. I think they're 31st against the pass. It might be 31st overall, but I think it was against the pass. Uh, you know, they've had some games where their pass rush has been very good. Mm-hmm. That was the Crosby kid, right? He's like a fourth-round pick. He's had yeah. two monster games. Um, you know, the Clemson guy that everybody was stunned that they took uh, instead of Josh Allen. Um, I, I think he's just been okay. I mean, he's a defensive tackle. I mean, so it's how much you're going to see in the highlights and all that stuff. Yeah. But I was just a little surprised to see a well-disciplined team, but they're like 31st. Are, are they just not talented? Well, in your opinion, well, let's or? be honest. When we talk about discipline, too, I mean, they are the second to highest ranked. <laughs> they have 107. Yeah, with the most penalties. Well, I, so. I don't think Gardner was talking about yeah. I think he meant they play their their rules or whatever. You know how no, he, they is, play their stuff. Listen. Not necessarily they don't grab face masks, but they're going to be in the spots they need to be. They're not going to gamble a yeah. lot. They're not missed assignments. What he might be doing is watching our defense in Jacksonville on tape. <laughs> but basically what Minshew is doing is doing that's every, not the norm. He, he's showing respect for the defense, man. I every quarterback yeah. does this. He's not going to come out and say, be honest with you, Oakland kind of sucks on defense. Going to have a big day. Like You don't really hear that a but lot. But he, he interestingly said, listen, it's not like they got a bunch of named guys. Like He actually said that. It's like they don't have a bunch of named guys. So well, uh, he wasn't ripping them. I'm just, it was just an interesting context to no, hear from him. No, saying. absolutely. But like, if you look at the Patriots, the Ravens, like I can't name a lot of named guys on the Patriots or the Ravens either. I mean, like the, the, the name guys... Usually the name guys come from the defensive line, right? Like that's where all the sacks and all the all the big plays seem to happen. Now you can have a, a good corner or something like that. But I think if you're analyzing this team, yes, they are very vulnerable on defense and especially in the pass game. So if we're talking about here, and this is like I talked about Monday, Brent, this is going to be a good gauge of where Minshew is at and where Minshew is going forward. Because if you can't pick apart this Raiders defense, and I I get it, the team's in the dumps right now. You're traveling to the West Coast, all this stuff. The season's over, whatever. I think Gardner Minshew is still a competitor. And if he can come out here and have just a semi- good game 
I think that gives you at least a little confidence going forward of who your quarterback is going to be. My opinion again. Yeah, well, listen, you know? it almost uh, well again. That's fine. He almost has to do it. This defense stinks. Yeah. Like a couple of weeks ago against a Tampa Bay defense that stunk and gave up a ton of yards, Nick Foles had zero points at halftime. Now they did get up and down the field a little bit, and it was just turnovers. But mm. nonetheless. You can't play a defense that's 30th, 31st, 32nd in the NFL. It gives up explosive plays left and right. And you can't sit there and have a goose egg going a halftime. Like, to me, that would be a very bad sign for Gardner Minshew. Like, this might be the worst sign if he's not able to put up points Mm -hmm. in some way. Listen, this offense is not that bad on paper. They might not be playing well. And I don't think their offensive line is obviously worth anything because they haven't played up to it. But they do have Leonard Fournette, man. They got a thousand yard rusher back there. They got DJ Chark, who's played well. They've got DD Westbrook. I'm, he's not going to the Pro Bowl, but he's an okay player. Conley's doing okay. I mean, they've got enough guys to be able to put up points. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is a big game in that respect. Uh, again, we talked about this month was huge for Minshew going forward. Well, this game might be big for Minshew going forward. Against the 31st-ranked defense, you better be able to move it. Again, they might give up 42 points. To me, I'm beyond that. If I'm a Jags fan or if I'm in the Jags building, I know what the defense is. They are not good. And for five weeks, they have been awful. But this offense has been awful for five weeks, too. 57 points combined in five games is not good. So I need to see something other than Josh Lambeau making 28-yard field goals. To make me feel a little bit better. And this offense has enough parts where they should be able to do that, even if they're not amongst the elite in the NFL. Well, and this is where we're at. You're going to Oakland, and Oakland, for lack of a better word, and this is one of the biggest uh, insults you can ever tell somebody, but it's the truth. They're a slump buster. You know, they're a quarterback slump buster. Just like kind of Jacksonville is a team slump buster, like teams... Right now, looking forward to playing the Jaguars. If you're Josh Jacobs, I understand your shoulder's falling off. But if you have any kind of inkling of playing, I would absolutely play. Because if you want to cement yourself as rookie of the year, oh, a guy that can run the ball and also catch the ball in the backfield, Josh Jacobs, come on down for 200 yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So from that perspective, the Jaguars are a slump buster as well for running backs. But if I'm looking at that defense for the Raiders, they're a slump buster, and they can get the quarterback in groove a little bit. And I feel like if any game was going to come out where the offense shows any kind of inkling of just decent NFL play, it's going to be against the Raiders. It better be against the Raiders is my point, I guess, in all this. Sure. Uh, if you're still off, if you're on the Minshew train, which I hope you are. I'm not off the Minshew train. But I need to, like, what do you do, like put some coal in the train? Like, I need that. Like, I need, I want to grab the shovel after Sunday and not bury the Jags any more than I've already buried them, but put a little more coal in the engine. Yeah. But, I, but, it, but, uh, right now, so, I mean, okay, so let's be honest. Though. Right now, the shovel's against the shed. So, depending on how Gardner Minshew plays this weekend, or I'm hitting myself in, in the Oakland, head with it. is going to say how much you have faith in him going forward? Where if he has a bad game, then it's, it's it? Game over, man? Okay, no, uh, because I don't think that way. I, I don't. I, like I said at the top of the show, I think the fan base is like to that point where mm-hmm. if you play four quarters or eight quarters bad, then you're done with anybody who plays. But let's be honest with ourselves now. If if that is the case, outside of a quarter of football, a couple of weeks ago here in Jacksonville when he came off the bench and provided a spark, mm-hmm. we'd now be looking at a Houston game and these last two games where it's not good. I feel like I'm losing my mind, man. That's starting to add up. 
I feel like I, I get it's adding up, but I, I still don't get why we're at this point right now. And maybe I'll never understand this because they're not having these conversations with Kyler Murray right now. They're not having these conversations with Daniel Jones right now. Daniel Jones has 18 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Gardner Minshew, 15 touchdowns, five interceptions. Kyler Murray, 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Is there any at all, any whispers going on in Arizona saying, we might have made a mistake in Kyler Murray. We should probably go with somebody else. No. But for whatever reason, and let's be honest, the offense, the Jacksonville Jaguars, around him, it's probably worse right now than the Cardinals and the Giants. We don't have Saquon Barkley. I get it. We have Leonard Fournette. But with all due respect to Fournette, I would rather have, you know, I'd rather have Saquon Barkley. Me too, but Fournette's having a better year. Well, yeah, because Saquon Barkley's been hurt. Okay. Okay, but I w- I'm just, I don't understand where we're coming from here, where we're saying if Gardner Minshew has a bad game against Oakland, well, that's it then. Then, then we, we must not have to go draft another quarterback again, because you're not having that conversation in Arizona. You're not having that conversation right now uh, in New York. And in Denver, with Drew Locke, who came out of nowhere, that conversation not taking part either. Well, listen, here's here's why that's taking place. There's two reasons. One, this place is scarred as hell, and they've seen it before. And everybody who made the predicament of, or the predicament, the prediction of Blaine Gabbert after four games was right on the money. Mm-hmm. The dumbasses like me who tried to say, hey, let's give the guy more time, was dead ass wrong. Mm-hmm. And so then there's Blake Bortles, same thing. I wrote for five years with Blake trying to see if this was thing was going to turn around. No. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's me. Maybe it's Jacksonville. But... When you start, I mean, they just gave Nick Foles two games. I understand he played other, but they gave Nick Foles two games and he's done. Mm-hmm. So he ain't getting a leash. So my point is, in Jacksonville, nobody's getting the leash anymore. And I would say one other part of that is, and you know this part, and I think you brought it up in the first segment. They have no choice in Arizona and in New York. They spent a top ten pick on those guys. They have to ride with them. They have no choice but to say, oh, we believe in you. Daniel Jones, you're not going to fumble 10 more times next year and in the future. Well, you're not going to be that guy. That's just the rookie blues. Well, they don't have to do that in Jacksonville. He's a six-round investment. They don't have to do that. But what about in Arizona where you're coming off Drew Stanton, Carson Palmer? You're coming off playing Garrett was playing for a while, Josh Rosen. Sam Bradford was a starting quarterback there. They've had quarterback problems as well. But nobody's talking right now saying, you know what, Kyler Murray? Uh-uh. Everyone's talking about saying, oh, Kyler Murray, you know what? Yeah, he's had some mistakes and everything, but he's a rookie. Going forward with that Kingsbury offense, he's going to look okay. He seems to be the future. No one's calling Minshew anymore the future. Nobody. Yeah, uh, but again, I think that goes to the draft. I don't think they have okay. a choice. If you were if you were in Arizona, because uh, hey, we get John Bachman. We got John Bachman here. here. If, uh, Sorry, it's all right. It's pretty it, intense in here right it now. Is John in here. If you're in Arizona right now, yeah. and even if you're a fan base, a season ticket holder, you might not like this whole Kingsbury Murray matchup for the long term. Mm-hmm. But quite frankly, you know you have no choice. It's going to be there for at least another year probably too. I mean, they traded away a guy that was there for a year as your franchise quarterback and Rosen to create this situation. So you know you're sticking with it and you're riding it out. You're not to the point where you're like, I'm going to give up on this thing. Eight. I have no choice. I have to ride with it. In Jacksonville, you might have a choice. You're going to get a whole new regime. And again, I'm just trying to play the dynamic of a month ago, this place was all in Correct. on Minshew. And I Absolutely. love And right now, I, though we get some sprinkles of it, I'm not so sure we're all in I think there's on Gardner Mitchell. And if he adds one more bad game, that he's going to lose more folks. Well, I think I think you're you're right on in the fact that you know he's a six round draft choice, so we you know we don't have to ride with him if we don't want to. So that is a big part of it. But I also think that it's the expectations. Like okay, 
Kyler Murray supposedly has such a, a huge upside, has a, a supposedly so much potential, whereas Gardner Minshew, some would say he may or may not have reached his potential already by being a 500 quarterback, right? So I think that's also why that's the, the case, Austin. I think I think people in, in, in Arizona are willing to, to let it ride because, A, they've been so bad for so long, and, B, this guy has this perceived upside that is so much higher than the perceived upside of Minshew. Now, I'm not giving up on my man yet, but I think that's what it is. By the way, I'm not advocating you should give up on Yeah, no, I know you're not. I'm not. But I'm just, listen, nobody's hung on to these guys longer than I have. Sure, right. Um, So uh, that's fine. I'm just saying the feeling is that people already are giving up. And, 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 and have given up. Right, and, and the front offices around the league might have already given up. I'm not talking about Hasselback saying his thing, mm-hmm. but I mean, you the, that's the mindset in the NFL now. Whoever no. comes in here might look at this tape this month, Houston game and everything else, and say, yeah, that Denver thing was was good, but that was his first couple of starts. And look how everybody, Kyle Allen, has done in the first couple of starts. That's another guy we didn't mention, by the way. But, but he's not a first year guy. I know he's not a first year guy, yeah. but he kind of was under that same thing. Um, and, and I think they'll they might assume the same. All these people that come in here next and say, "Well, that's why he was a sixth round pick." I mean, especially if you put more of these kind of games on tape. I'm just saying, like out of all the situations for the rookie quarterbacks here, it seems like Minshew is actually getting put under the microscope the most. Like Dwayne Haskins, listen, they've had quarterback problems galore in Washington the past couple of years. Dwayne Haskins is playing horrible. He's playing like garbage and. I think that the new coaching staff is probably going to come in because, let's be honest, I feel like they're going to bring a whole new regime in in Washington. They need to, at least. The new coach staff that comes in for Dwayne Haskins is probably going to keep him as the starting quarterback because he's a first-round pick. I guess I guess I'm a little baffled by the fact where since Minshew was taken in the sixth round, that's okay to just kind of toss him by the wayside yeah. if he doesn't play well. Yeah. But, but let's say if Minshew was taken in the first round before Haskins or something like that, he's playing better than Haskins right now. Well, then we're talking about a regime who's coming in who has to keep Minshew. So yeah. I guess it's all about where you take the it's, person. It's no different but than, I'm talking about talent. Hey, man, it's no different yeah. than picking a right tackle in the first ten picks. Sure. You don't do it. Yeah. Now, could you get a Hall of Famer? Yeah, but you don't do it. Yeah. It's kind of like... If you're picked in the first round, you're riding with that it's guy. Expectations. It's assumed it you're is riding about expectations and investment, right? Because you've invested capital, you know, draft capital, dollars and cents. You've invested in this person. So you. Oh, but John, let's be honest. So if we have that kind of philosophy, then Nick Foles is starting for the next two years. I, 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 I and, and that <laughs> maybe one reason why Foles is here next year when maybe he necessarily shouldn't be. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. you know. Marissa, by the way, says, I still love Minshew. I think our fan base is just so fed up right now. They don't have the patience for rookie mistakes. Sad. I hope the new regime keeps him and at least gives him a chance. Uh, fan Cam says he's a six-round QB, who a rookie QB, who has performed well in a dysfunctional setting. He will be kept for at least three more years and given plenty of chances. Uh, there's some thoughts there. We also have uh, someone on the line as well. Kuz, you're going to have to help me out. I can't see the uh, caller screen. Um, who's George? George Jackson. Oh. Jackson. <laughs> it is not Gardner Minshew. It's George. Uh, what's up, man? Hey, hey, uh, Brent. Hey, fellas. Love the show still. Um, and and I hear you talking about Gardner and is the magic gone? And I don't think everybody I know, and I know a ton of folks that love him. And and we're just. And I think one of your someone commented some earlier about just the coaching is so. God, it's hyper conservative. Brent, you talked about it a couple of days ago that it just, you can just tell that it just seems the first four games Gardner came out, they kind of just gave him the ball and told him to, you know, ball. And now they've got him in this small kind of confined throwing space and 
trying to make him someone that he's not. I think he's he's a baller, man. I think they ought to let him ball. That's all, man. George, Thanks. appreciate you listening okay, to George. George. Thanks. Good comment, yep. too. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Appreciate George and all of you listening. And, uh, you know, that does go back to what I said. I, you know, I think the people the, – the thing you heard when Nick Foles went to the bench – was listen if we're gonna get our butts whooped and we're gonna lose I want to watch with this guy. Mm-hmm. That, that well, was my biggest thing. Man. Well, yep. their offensive game plan, whether it's some of Gardner's decision makings or their offensive game plan the other day, gave us Blaine Gabbert. Mm-hmm. I mean, they threw in a freaking five yard box. You know, we it's okay. Hey. Hey, Jags headquarters. It's okay. The fan base wants to see Gardner just let it rip. We understand you're not getting any wins this year anymore. Mm-hmm. Let it rip. Match the personality. That's what everybody fell in love with. Don't take away the personality in the game. And whether that, again, I'm not putting it all in this. Maybe it is Gardner. Maybe Gardner's going to let it rip. But whoever has to let it rip, let's see it rip against a 31st-ranked defense in the NFL on Sunday, mm-hmm. even if the Jags are going to lose by 20. Yeah. Well, and this is from the Gardner Minshew perspective. If it is his fault, if he's playing a little tentative, he's trying to play safe, not make mistakes, well, guess what? Gardner Minshew, this is like your addition right now. Because that offensive coordinator that's coaching right now, more than likely, probably is not going to be there next year. So you're going to have more a whole likely. New... I mean, I don't know. 90%. I, By the way, Scott Milanovic has already gone to Canada. Canada. Just took a job. Man, in Canada. Canada. What is the, uh, the percent on that? I would guess it's 90 plus. I would say 90%. Like that really did happen. Scott Milanovic <laughs> just got named like the head coach up in Canada of the Canadian, one of the teams in the Canadian Football League, the Eskimos. There you go. But what I'm saying is the fact that. Well, I forgot. Okay, okay, so. <laughs> yeah, man. Sorry. We're talking about Canada. Okay, no, I got Minchie's so, perspective. Minchie's perspective. perspective of, listen, these last few games, they're his addition. Where whoever the new coaching staff coming in, the new offensive minds that are coming in, it's going to be a different system. Who knows what it's going to be? But the fact that his last, you know, three games here, what he puts on film, that's his addition tape. And if he does well, and the coaches see that, because coaches, when they're watching film of guys coming in, whether it's a new regime or whoever it is, that new coach always starts from the last game, and then they go backwards. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's just the way it works. It yeah. doesn't matter the position. So those last games against Indianapolis, against Atlanta, against Oakland, those are going to be the games that coaches will notice first. Now, yeah, they'll do their due diligence. They'll go back and watch every single uh, throw over and over again. But I'm just saying from Minshew's perspective, those last three games will mean everything. So if he does well and he, he puts some good tape out there, I like him as a starting quarterback going forward. John Bachman, uh, you got to get down there. And, uh, you're early today because we, I had, we were filled up a little bit yeah, around the 4 o'clock you basically kicked me to the curb and said, hey, you know, get out of your normal spot. I, I just cool. That's I pretty, did. I appreciate now, that. And now I'm probably getting a cancellation in the 4 o'clock hour, so you could have come back anyway. But, <laughs> oh, no. Sorry about <laughs> that. the way it goes. Uh, anyway, what you got coming up tonight? 4 right, o'clock yeah. on CBS 47, Fox 30. Well, as always, thank you for having me. No matter what time, I'm happy to be here. Um was that, did that sound good? That was good. Okay, good. Yeah. I meant right, that. Right I off meant the that. script, man. I meant good. that. It was great. It was oh, fantastic. Right. Yeah, was there a teleprompter no, in here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's you threw yesterday. You, oh, yeah, that was the one That's I threw. The one. Yeah, okay, I yeah, you that. want that. The one that I crumpled up because you guys Rockville, already man. talked about yeah. Rockville. Right. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right. Well, did you already talk about the 58 guns stolen from a Nassau County gun shop? That we did not. Yeah. Listen to this. So so the, the sheriff obviously is concerned because now somebody who broke into a gun shop now has 58 guns that he or she or they should not have. Wow. And uh, so th- we're going to have uh, a lot on that coming up on Action News Jacks at 5, and then we'll, we'll follow that throughout the evening to see what kind of developments we can get on, you know. Where, where are who, they? Who, yeah. yeah, there's video, so oh, okay. we'll, we'll air that and, you know, maybe we can help.
catches this these people, this person. I don't know exactly how many are involved. Then this is a really cool story that we're working on for later tonight after the football game at 11 o'clock on CBS 47 because the football game is on, on Fox 30. But um, And I didn't know this was even a thing, but apparently it's a thing. Colorblind. Everybody, a lot of people are colorblind. Mm-hmm. Can't see. They see black and white. They can't yeah. see color. They have glasses that allow you to see in color. And there is a local library in town that will allow people to come and rent these glasses and see the world in color. Dang. How cool is that? So, like, do you wear, like, just to, like, look at certain things, or could you wear them around for, look, like, the you day? You can check them out and take them for however long they let you check it out. Oh, I, well, we'll get well, all the details for you, but... Th- there's a viral video out there with yes. the kid that receives those glasses That's right. in class, and, like, just it's, kid it's just breaks beautiful. down and cries, I mean, man. it's beautiful. It's these, these videos are beautiful. It's like yeah. with the cochlear implants yeah, when yeah, people yeah, hear yeah. for yeah. the first time. It's amazing. That's so, wild. we have somebody who is colorblind willing to go check these glasses out. I, I, I don't want to overpromise because I don't know how emotional it will be, but wow. you and I both know how the potential for this could go. But, you know, libraries are always trying to reinvent themselves because, let's be honest, people aren't going and checking out books as often as they should or did before. Yeah. So, um, so libraries are starting to do this now. we got a local one that's doing it. it I'm really looking forward to this story. It's going to be pretty cool. So I did not know that they've invested, I think it was like $13,000 to get some of these glasses. I don't know how many. Um, but we'll we'll find we'll have all that information really for you coming up. I wonder how the numbers are pretty high on color. I think a yeah, lot of folks well, are colorblind. Yeah, no, I agree. And and but you know, so I and I'm ignorant to this. But when you're colorblind, can't you still see some color? Like it, there's there's I think there's differences. Think there's like to say ones. you're colorblind is not necessarily to say you can't see color. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, again, I'm not an expert. Yeah. On, I, what I remember, it ironically, is we're talking about after the game tonight. That's when you're going to have that story. Remember the whole color rush thing. Remember oh, when they did yeah. the Jets yeah. and the Dolphins? Oh, I think yeah. it was the Jets and the Dolphins. No, the Jets and the uh, it was Bills. Red. Bills. Jets and the Bills. And yeah, said, people so, are complaining because they're too similar or what? Whatever no, the hues of the colors were, oh. the red and the um, green. The people couldn't tell who people was who. People couldn't see who was who. The yeah. color people wow. that were Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I love those color rush uniforms, by the way. I I do. Be, wh- wh- which Some ones? Oh yeah, no, I mean I, I haven't oh, seen one I haven't oh, liked. I love the oh, idea. Now I wouldn't John, want it, I wouldn't the, want it the regularly. Oh, the Hold on. I wouldn't want it regularly. But I like you talking about the for the Jags all teal. No, well, the, 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 all, yeah, the, the yeah. all teal one now is great. Yeah, I'm, talking yeah, yeah. The, I'm talking about the mustard. They've corrected. Oh, no, 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 I'm not talking about last year's. One. I'm talking about okay. this year's. The people, okay. that, the people that did that got those glasses from the library <laughs> and have corrected And realized it. that we needed to change them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well done. Yes. Well done. No, I, 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 probably <laughs> they've been out for a couple of years. <laughs> That's, you know what? You need to take that that's into good. a promo right there. That's a that's, promo that's, line that's right a, there. That's a promo right How there. How did we get promo. to mustard? Because the jerseys, the color rush jerseys. No, I'm just saying, how oh, did we get to because, because, because of the helmets, right? Well, yeah. Because they, yeah. they, they, they took it from a to Jaguar skin color to mustard. That's right. what I'm like the least so, uniform guy. I could care less. Anyway. So, well, okay. I was gonna have to, I'll tell a story after John leaves here because I, I got what? a little story behind those. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I got two minutes. I've got okay, two minutes. Yeah, Hit yeah. Me. Oh, okay. So when we switched over to those helmets, right? And it, it was yeah. it would have been Bradley's first year, Con coming in. 13. With yep. those multicolored helmets. And I'll never forget like the, the, the big unveiling because we didn't see him either. So like they were going to... That's have, dangerous. They're going to have like, cameras I saw before you. I went out to I Oregon so. and saw them. Okay. So, like, they're cool. recording our reaction stuff oh. against the players. Oh. And uh, so, like, they're expecting, like, oh, what? Dual colored. It's going to be a game changer. Do to the and, camera what your reaction was. Oh, yeah. And I remember uh, at the press conference, and the cameras are in front of our faces, and we're just, we're excited, man. New, new helmets? Come on. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. And we're thinking, like, rumors are coming out. They're going to be all black. 
Yeah. But of course, man, like all black guys are so clean. Yeah. They unveil the curtain. <laughs> and my reaction was just, and I know the camera's right there. I'm like, yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, so uh, it's like a gender reveal when you're upset about it. What was your reaction when the camera wasn't there? Come on. It, it was like if Philip Rivers had eight girls Come and on. we really wanted the boy at number yeah. nine and got a girl. Yeah, I'll be honest. No one was really excited. And then we, oh. we, we, we tried talking ourselves into it. We're like, well, at least we're the only team that's like different now. And we're like, it's not a good thing, though, is it? Yeah, it, yeah. It, we, different is not always. We, different we, is good. We, but we, not, we are not a yeah, fan not, of those not always good. You know how I feel about this, right? Every Most everybody that unveils a new uniform or new logo or new anything. I've said this before. I've said this a couple people months ago. On the show. It? They hate it. Oh, sure. Everybody hates it. Yeah, Most yeah. people hate it. Hey, oh, I really was a big fan of the jumbo shrimp when they when they made that change. Yeah, that's and what now, we talked about. And now right. I am full on. And we did a whole segment on yeah. this like, yeah. a couple months ago. But uh, the... Most people didn't like that to begin with. Sure. You know, but what I always say about uniform stuff, and those uniforms, and now they had to change them over... If they had one more, people would have grown to oh, like Oh, without a doubt, man. You like, know? It, it's funny you relate to that, because I think, like, Pittsburgh, I think they have great uniforms. Why? Oh. Because, like, they're so traditional. Tradition. And they won so yeah. many. Like, Penn State? Yeah. Dude, Penn State, to me, and yep. I'm a Big Ten guy. And they're yeah. blah, right? I mean, they're Penn simple. State's uniforms are so simple, but, Imagine like, for whatever Oregon reason. Imagine tried that, right? Oh, but, man. But, yes, exactly. But, and, like, the Vikings and the Packers. I mean, you go back yep. to all the historic, the Browns. Yeah. But there's two great examples. That might be a bad example. Just but, yeah. Oregon, but Oregon. And the Seattle Seahawks yeah. both changed uniforms around like around the same time. Maybe earlier. they had all the they were the cool kids. They were yeah. the highlighters. Yeah. They yes. were the, the whatever yes. the cool. Yeah, but they won. That's yeah. true. That's Oregon right. started winning more than they'd ever won in college football. They became yeah. a name in college yeah. football, and I think 2014 they made it to the Final Four. So they became a thing. Yeah. Seattle during well, that time when they got the new unis right. and the stadium, they won. Well, it's, it's what I say about the New England Patriots. Like Patriots even changed, and yeah. that was not a that did not yeah. go over well. Right. But they had gotten a new stadium. They started to win. All those things it, it wipes it away. Well, and that's a good point, Brent, because there was actually two changes, right? There was the one change where I think it was like Sean Alexander. Then they go to the Super Bowl that one year with Sean Alexander. Yes, they did. Yeah. I don't like, know what year And, that and like that been. was a different change. But then all of a sudden, Nike released like these new neon green, blue uniforms. And then it was like beast mode. And right away, like as soon as those uniforms came out, a couple weeks later, it was beast mode. And then it was Russell Wilson. Yeah. Like That's a fantastic point how they I changed believe, the uniform up and all of a sudden the culture seemed like it changed. I, I believe the Jags almost tried to, not, and not in a bad way, but tried to become Seattle in a way, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they were trying, Gus Bradley, that defense. They tried to be, yeah. they tried the new uniform not change a, yeah. on the East Coast, they try yep. to become the cool new kids on the block. Yeah, Seattle became the cool new kids on the block, Good and point. the Jags didn't the winning win just didn't follow. No, they didn't win enough. Yeah, to become the cool new kids on the block. It's a good point. I got to run. I got to do this 359 cut in. I'll see you guys tomorrow. All right, CBS 47, Fox 30. Right, you won't man. see me. I'll be on a trip to Oakland. Yeah, good, be, good luck in the black it'll hole. Be, it'll be Marcel and myself in here tomorrow, man. Oh, so excellent. Stop I look by forward to seeing you guys. All right, we have some fun Mar- games tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, all right, when we come back, we'll talk a lot of music when Brent's gone. All right, I can't wait. Metallica, do it. Metallica. Tribute show tomorrow. I'm sure Marcel will love that. (laughs) You never know, man. (laughs) He's very cultured, I feel like. (laughs) You've been on his Instagram? I haven't, but I heard it's cultured. I don't know. I don't have Instagram. (laughs) He's on the gram. Uh, When we come back, one one last go around on the Minshew stuff. I'm going to phone a friend. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. We can call him Dave up? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, When we come back on ESPN 690. Hey, welcome back. Thursday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coos is here. 
Uh, but talk about Gardner Mitchell a little bit, amongst other things. And uh been a fun conversation about the mania. You know, it's obviously died down. Everything the Jags have done has died down. Mm-hmm. Heck, the Jags are dead. I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah. But what does it mean going forward? I mean, I, how quick can you rekindle this? Was it, was that an eight-week stretch that was just unbelievable and everybody's aboard? And I can tell you this, uh, you know, my trip in Brandon, Mississippi, and talking to the folks that know Gardner real well, this was not a flash-in-the-pan kind of thing. They they believe this thing can be alive and well and for a long time. You just don't always – when you're – the other thing, or the part about what we were saying earlier, you were comparing Daniel Jones and a Kyle Murray and – Dwayne Haskins. And Dwayne yeah. Has, the one thing about those guys, much like Blake Bortles and Blaine Gabbert, you will get a lot of chances mm-hmm. when you are hi, highly invested in. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what I was trying to say. You don't get a ton of chances Yeah. when you're picked in the sixth round. I mean, there are a lot of guys in the sixth round that get cut the same year. Yeah. You know? So that eliminates your chance. So you don't, the wiggle room is not as much mm-hmm. for a guy like Gardner Minshew, I guess is my point. Yeah. And, and so I, I think he's got to be a little careful of that. Going into Oakland, this is a great opportunity for Minshew. And, and I cannot sit here wholeheartedly and tell you that this offense is broken because of X, Y, and Z. Sure. I can tell you for the last five weeks, this offense has been broken because of a lot of reasons, but one of them includes poor quarterback play in a five-game stretch by both Foles and Minshew. That is a common denominator in this. That's that's a fact. Yes. And, I, and I'll come with you on that. So, and I, yeah, do I believe the offensive line is quick? No. Do I believe Leonard Fournette's a pretty good player? Yes. Yeah. Do I believe DJ Chark and D.D. Westbrook and those guys can make plays and Conley can make plays? Yeah. Do I think they're Odell Beckham Jr.? No. Mm-hmm. But... You have enough. This isn't last year when you're talking about number 15 and 16 offensive linemen blocking in front of you. I mean, they still have some decent football players, even on that offensive line, that folks don't want to admit. I mean, they've got a future guy there in the right tackle in Jawan Taylor. Sure. They've got a lot of money invested. And even if they're average and not living up to their contracts, they're at least average football players in the NFL at the worst with Linder and Norwell. See, I guess here's where I'm coming from, and this is where... I guess the quote passions last frustration is coming from for me and Gardner Minshew. It's from the standpoint of we brought up Dwayne Haskins, we brought up Daniel Jones, we brought up Kyler Murray, we showed their numbers. And right now Minshew's numbers are better, if not comparable, to those first round quarterbacks. But where I'm at right now, Brent, is the fact that even though those guys are first round picks, Minshew's right there. And when I see the new regime coming in, this isn't just uh, we're, we're going to paint over here, we're going to paint over here. We're talking about a complete overhaul, in my opinion, of this Jacksonville Jaguars roster. I mean, you have to start, I think, from scratch again, and you have to get rid of the front office people. This is going to be a complete rebuild. And when you have a complete rebuild, man, that takes time, obviously. And the way I compare it to, I compare it to the San Francisco 49ers, where you start on your defensive line, and then you work outward. You start on both lines, work outward. Well, the offensive line right now, Brent, they're a little bit of a liability. The defensive line... You know, set aside from the two ends, I feel like are kind of a little bit of a liability. We'll see if Clayus Campbell sticks around or not, but he's getting up there in age. You don't know if he's going to be around uh, for, for another go or not. So you start there and work out. But from that perspective, though, Brent, I would rather start there in the trenches, on the lines like teams do when they rebuild, as opposed to maybe going after a, a first-round or second-round quarterback like Tua. Agreed. You know, because that's been in, the, in some mock drafts as well. Now the question comes, do you keep Foles and do you keep Minshew? Obviously, I don't want Foles around because I think if you had the quarterback battle, 
I don't think it's going to be good from that perspective. But my only point is I know going forward there's going to be a giant rebuild. And the last thing I want to do is have to rebuild, again, the quarterback position if you think you have something there that can at least get you through the hard times of two or three years. Yeah, and that's a great point, yeah. and I don't disagree with you there. The only question mark there is do you have enough confidence that two or three years that can at least do that and we can buy time and wait and see if this guy emerges more because I have confidence he can because you also have two first-round draft picks. And you one do. might be a top five, six pick, which means you can invest in that position if you don't think you like what you have. No, you're, So you yeah. don't want to miss opportunities and let a guy go by. By the way, this is a franchise that missed Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson in the last two years. No, I agree with you completely, Brent. But at the same time, you never, you're never guaranteed a good first-round quarterback. You know, I think Dwayne Haskins yeah, this year, people thought he was going to be the answer in Washington. So I get it. It's a small sample size, just one season. But so far, I'm here to tell you, Dwayne Haskins is not the answer right now, no. you know, just to tell you. So, at least with Minshew, we know, you know, he has some good stats. He's shown some glimpses. And I think if you go forward, you can build around him. The last thing I, I would want to do if I was a team is have to invest in a quarterback again in the first or second round. You bring him to your team with nothing around him. What does that do for his confidence? At least Minshew's been in the program a little bit. He's been in Jacksonville, and he knows his way around. One last thing I'm a little scarred of from the quarterback situation, though, is – if they have a chance to take a guy like Tua because he slips down in the first round and they're down there around 20 or 21, yeah, I'm getting a little scarred by the guys the Jags have passed up or had a chance to get. Mm. And if he becomes this great quarterback, and I'm really not convinced of that in the NFL. I have concerns about Tua now, injuries especially. Mm. So I don't know. I'm sitting here today and I'm saying I'm not sure that's worth my investment. This team needs a lot of things, and taking a risk on a QB is not that. That, that might have injury concerns and other question marks. But, but let's be fair, but though. But I'm also yeah. getting tired of that guy being there and the Jags having a pick and taking some defensive lineman or whatever, well, and he's just an average Joe in the NFL while this other quarterbacks win an MVP award. Well, and keep in mind, too, maybe that injury could be a blessing in disguise because that means you have to bring him along slowly. Maybe he doesn't get a lot of reps his first year in, and that way you can bring him along slow and then eventually put him in the, in the, in the rotation. I mean, I get that point, and that's an option, too, as well. I just think if you're going to do a complete rebuild, if you have a quarterback that can at least sustain a little bit, you might as well keep him because it's going to be a rough couple years. Absolutely. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to the phone lines right now. Uh, I told you I had to phone a friend about the Minshew stuff. Yes, you did. And so uh, we phone a friend. Martin Buckley from ah. Palm Beach Autographs joins us right now. Kuz, you got him on the line? Thank you. What's up, Buckley? What's up, guys? How you guys doing? The store is rocking today. I thought you were going to come in studio with us. but I was, uh, was going to try to make busy. it over there, man. We are just crushing it this time of year. Did not believe that America's guest actually worked, but I guess it does happen. <laughs> Occasionally. Uh, so what's happening? I mean, what's the what's the hot seller right now? Lamar Jackson? Do you have Lamar Jackson stuff? <laughs> we do. We loaded up. There was a guy. Um, fortunately, did a, a big signing with Lamar Jackson and my business partner Jim. Uh, loaded up and got full size helmets, jerseys, eight by tens, minis, Louisville stuff, um, Raven stuff. We are we are doing very very well with Lamar. You uh, you're on it again. You guys are always sharp to the what's happening. Yeah, that's a great uh, uh, segue into something else I want to ask you. And then I'm going to ask you about Gardner Minshew. We've been talking about Gardner Minshew a bunch. And what I want to know is his value on the field, in my opinion, if he doesn't play well Sunday, continues to dip down. Hmm. What I want to know is about his value off the field. And you recently did a signing with him. But before I get to that part, because you bring up Lamar Jackson, there are, there are kids in Jacksonville. There are teenagers in Jacksonville, uh, young eight, nine-year-old kids. 
that want to be Jags fans, mm-hmm. but the Jags have stunk the last two years. Mm-hmm. And what you see sometimes is, hey, mom and dad, uh, for Christmas, can you get me a Lamar Jackson jersey? Kids, Brent, that's basically me <laughs> this past week. Yeah. I'm asking my mom, you know, to say, if you see something on sale, yeah. go ahead and give me it. Uh, you're a kid. Uh, <laughs> well, he's, but, he's a fantasy football team quarterback. Yeah, that's true. I, know what I'm, I know what I'm getting off in for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? Um, but I guess my point to that is, and I, I think we've shifted this way, and we may even have discussed this before, but I think Lamar and Patrick Mahomes and those kind of guys are great examples of this. And, heck, you know what? Even Minshew, to a degree, is... Do people that you find come in Palm Beach Autographs at the Avenues Mall, do they look, are they team-oriented still, and are they buying for their team? And it doesn't matter if Brent Martineau plays for their team, but they want Brent Martineau's jersey or autograph or picture because they play for their team. Or do you find that, hey, you know what, this might be a Jags fan or it might even be a Dolphins fan, but they want Lamar Jackson's jersey because... We're all about individuals and star power now, and there's free agency, and I don't know if that guy's going to be on that team for his entire career anyway. Yeah, that's actually a great question, and you know to answer it, you really get a hybrid of both, Um, even sometimes with the same people. Um, You'll have kids that might be a Jags fan or a Dolphins fan or a Bucks fan, but they also identify with the individual players. The other thing that plays into that, Brent, is fantasy football. You know, these guys, they have them on their fantasy team. So they love (laughs) Austin Lane. They've got them on their fantasy football team. They want to wear their jersey. Mm. Um, And you're seeing that, you're seeing that in basketball a lot as well, especially with free agency and the guys moving around so much. And that's starting to kind of happen in the NFL a little bit more, at least now than it did, you know, say 10 or 15 years ago. So you're definitely seeing guys that identify or kids and adults for that matter with the fantasy swing. But, um, you're seeing people that definitely have their teams, but then they also support a different player. I mean, even the NFL, uh, was it last year? You remember when they were advertising on TV, it was the guy that was from Minnesota. Um, so he had his Minnesota Viking stuff, but then he moved to Pittsburgh for work and he was getting Pittsburgh, you know, Steelers gear. So you're starting to kind of see people that might have a different player or a different team or two teams or you're definitely seeing more of that for sure. Martin, we're talking about, you know, the NFL and what people are kind of gravitate towards, obviously, Lamar Jackson's the hottest thing right now. But would you say overall it's obviously the quarterback position? Because I think of like even last year, like Aaron Donald was obviously a very hot commodity, but for whatever reason his production this year has kind of fallen off a little bit. And like I get when Jalen Ramsey was here, I'm sure he's kind of popular as well. But I feel like the quarterback is always going to be consistent. You know, they're always scoring the touchdowns. The cameras are always in front of their face. So from your perspective, whether it's on the Jaguars or on a different team, do you sell probably the most quarterback stuff just because they are such a high commodity? Absolutely. Quarterback, <clears throat> skill positions, uh, skill position guys after that, the running backs, receivers, the, you know, the flashy guys. Uh, you know, when Beckham was in his prime and made that amazing catch, he sold like crazy. But quarterbacks, legendary quarterbacks, current and former quarterbacks, by far are the number one seller. And you guys asked about Gardner before. Even Gardner, you know, with the kind of up and down roller coaster starting you know, having that, you know, amazing games and kind of leveling out then being benched then coming back, we're still selling. I mean, we did that huge signing with him, you know, coming up on three weeks ago. We're almost through our portion of the product that we got done. We wow. will sell out of wow. his product before Christmas. I mean, because, you know, so many kids identified with him, the jersey sales people want, you know, a little piece of that moment, Brent, like you said when we talked about it. And, um, you know, he has that excitement, and people want a little piece of it. 
Well, and that's surprising, too, because on the other side of the ball, you have a guy like Josh Allen. And from like what you've heard, I mean, is Josh Allen really selling a lot? Because let's be honest, he's probably the most biggest thing right now going on the Jacksonville Jaguars besides, I think, Leonard Fournette. But Josh Allen could be, you know, defensive rookie of the year. I mean, how, how is his stuff selling these days? So, you know, it's funny that you say that. We've been talking about a couple of different guys. Um, back to your point, Austin, before about the complete blow-up, mm-hmm. kind of a side question to what you just said. We have to be really, really careful when we're doing autograph signings. And one thing that we have to be careful of is what is what are things like within the organization? And right now, we kind of have to press the pause button on a lot of guys mm-hmm. because if there's turnover at the top and there's turnover at the coaching position like we think is going to happen, looks like it's going to happen, you don't know who's going to fall where and what coach is going to want who and what GM is going to want what player. So right now, we kind of have to hit pause. And as much as we would like to do a signing with him and – He's going to be here. Everything's fine. You just kind of have to wait and see. And um, we would do well with him. He would do okay. But right now, um, for the Jags, it's really uh, Gardner and then uh, Chark. But a lot of the defensive guys that we've done signings with, it's kind of, you know, cooled off. Not like it was two years ago, obviously. Yeah, Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs with us joins the show once in a while. And I love talking this side of things. I really am intrigued by the business and kind of how it equates to their play on the field and the hot commodity that certain athletes are at the moment. It's Christmas time. Of course, people are looking to buy in the Avenue's Mall, Palm Beach Autographs, a great place to go if you're looking for a gift. But I want to talk more a little bit about uh, uh, Gardner Minshew. By, by everything you just indicated, I'm assuming Tom Coughlin jerseys are not going off the shelves quickly. <laughs> you know, Tom Coughlin... <laughs> the, uh, the Tom His Coughlin khakis. jerseys might be sliding into the uh, the grab bag. You know we do very well with those grab bags. The Coughlin stuff might be popping up for those people buying grab boxes here. Right um, so, but the Minshew thing, you hit on it, but I want to elaborate a little bit. His play has not been good the last couple of weeks. Uh, you guys are still going to sell out before Christmas. Yeah. So do you, in the way you were, the way I interpreted it was, hey, this was such a fun thing that I want a piece of it. You know, I yeah. want to remember it. I want, I, again, I told you, I said, I, I think I want to try to get something for the kids so they remember 2019 and Minshew, whether it doesn't work out mm-hmm. or whether it does work out, then it'll be a great investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Simple. But is that what you find? Is that people, <laughs> I mean, that's that's kind of your industry. It's like, I want to commemorate this. Mm-hmm. Do you find that Minshew's in more commemoration mode or investment <laughs> mode right now? Um, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. I almost, not to, you know, sound bad about him, but it's almost, um, it's one of those things I think people just want to um, remember, you know, how how great this was. It's the nostalgia of the mustache and the headbands and the jean shorts. It's more about that than really his play right now, kind of the the charisma that he brings yeah. than his play because obviously like you said he's not been playing well but he has so much kind of that it factor that you know people still people are still buying it and, and big stuff too i mean we're we've sold out of full-size helmets uh, we're getting low on jerseys um so yeah i i think for sure it's probably in commemoration mode um it probably depends on person to person though i think some people you know, really want to see him, like Austin said, have kind of like a year to really see if they've got something here and give him a fair chance. Um, and then other people are kind of just ready to do the other part of what Austin said and, you know, control, alt, delete, start over and rebuild. This is going to be a tough question for you because it's really hard to I, I fully identify. But let me just 
maybe moving forward, but I'll even say in the last month of this season, these final three games, how much does he have to gain, in your opinion, uh, from a like a merchandise? Uh, you know, a couple a lot. like a month and a half ago, man, we were all talking about right. I was trying to get him on the TV show. You were trying to get some things signed. I oh mean, yeah, it was hot. I mean, it was it was really hot, and that's obviously died down a bit. But yep. These next three weeks could have gone a long way. I'm, I'm talking dollars, real dollars for Gardner Minshew. Does he have a real chance? He's got to have more upside than anybody on this football team in terms of that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think a really good example is it's, if we go back and remember, you know, after what, the fourth or fifth game, he was the darling of ESPN and the NFL Network. If you put those stations on during the NFL shows – it seemed like every few minutes you looked over and, you know, there's the, the mustache, you know, right in the front of your screen. I, I think, honestly, he, it could be in millions of dollars. Wow. He, um, he was, and you and I both know this from dealing, you know, with his team, he was being bombarded with, um, you know, offers, marketing opportunities, different things. And at the same time, though, he really couldn't do too, too much of it because he's got to wait until the end of the year. He's trying to win a quarterback job. He's trying to, do what he does here you know he doesn't want to be making snickers commercials or you know doing tons and tons of events because he could have so if he plays well and he finishes strong going into the season i have a feeling we start seeing him he could potentially be a national guy i think we could all agree on that with his brand and you know how much he blew up the the, after those four or five weeks so in my personal opinion i think it's massive 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 dollars more money he could make off the field right now than he makes on the field Martin, in your experience, have you ever come across a guy quite to this magnitude like Gardner Minshew who has so much potential to just to kind of be this, you know, this cash cow to be this, uh, like this brand name across the country? Outside of Tim Tebow. Outside of Tim Tebow, yeah. obviously. But, oh, but, but man, I'm you saying, took it away from me. I'm not giving but, you that easy layup. But, yeah, but, but no, that's a fantastic <laughs> point, Brent. But I'm saying like, from the standpoint of where maybe he's not having the most production on the field, but just his personality and kind of like that swagger kind of puts him in another echelon. Can you think of another guy that you've ever dealt with or that you heard of that's had that much success? Maybe like you Johnny know, Football so or somebody? Obviously, Johnny Football is a really good one. Manziel um, is a really, really good one. And you know who he's always kind of – Brent and I have always joked about the, the Tebow you know, mania and <laughs> the, kind of the crossover there. But you know who he also kind of reminds me of is uh, an old player. He reminds me a lot of McMahon. Oh, yeah. Good call. You know, the the whole charisma about him, you know, what made McMahon great was going out with the headbands, the headbands around his neck, the glasses, like like the goofiness, the silliness, the kind of carefree personality, and people sort of related with it and liked it. And and Gardner definitely has that going for him. He kind of has both of them kind of have like a rock star quality and, um, and, you know, fans just seem to love it. And so he's always, when I look at, you know, when I'm going through our inventory and I see old McMahon, I'm like, golly, I mean, that's from our childhood. Austin, I don't know, you might not have been. Oh, no, my- I mean, I remember, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't born yet, but I remember watching film, and it's funny you bring that up because if you go back to that 85 Bears team, yeah. it wasn't yeah. about McMahon. You know, I mean, they, they were so Walter loaded defense. on defense. and yeah. Walter Payton, too, right? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Yep. So McMahon was kind of an afterthought. Fridge. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. he was like the fourth guy. But, but it's what I remember. I remember the headbands, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I remember just all the, the sunglasses and all that good stuff. So uh, th- that's a fantastic point. Yeah, he... Um, he, 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 we've worked with him a bunch. Uh, he's he's a, a, a great character as well. Um, Gardner was terrific to work with. He seems like he's really got his head in a good place. Um, 
we really are, we're pulling for him hard. Uh, I'm kind of with you, Austin. I would love to see. Um, I think I'm kind of. I only you know heard from when I called in, but I think I'm kind of between you both of you guys. I like the idea, Brent, of what you said about potentially getting a quarterback if someone slips there because you don't want to miss. But at the same time, like it seems like there's something there. Like he has that it quality that sometimes is hard to identify, and I think he's earned at least the opportunity to to have a you know a chance or a season. Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs. Busy time. If you want to do some holiday shopping, head over to the Avenues Mall and uh, check out Palm Beach Autographs. Really, right when you walk in, right behind uh, BW3s there, and uh, or Buffalo Wild. I always call it BW3s. But no, Buffalo you're good. Wild Wing. Yeah, you you're good. But uh, we'll allow it. Uh, you'll allow it. That's your lunch spot probably every day. You're, you're like 10 it, feet from It would there. be mine. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, go check them out. Uh, go say hi to Martin and uh, go maybe buy some Gardner Minshew stuff before it leaves the shelf. It's good Christmas. There you go, man. All right, man. Thanks for uh, checking in. I love the. Uh, I love hearing about it. I lo- we, we really wanted to do that today. We got stuck on Minshew and the mania and everything else, but on the field can be different than off the field. So great insight on that. Appreciate you stopping by. Anytime, gentlemen. Have a good one. All right. Uh, Martin Buckley from Palm Beach Autographs. Uh, really, I-, I love that part of the business. It's a wild oh, yeah. business. Fascinating. Uh, I was going to ask one more, but we got to get rolling. Uh, I, like, it's amazing the staying power of like Tebow. Like, Tebow mm. hasn't played it down. Yeah. But from his football stuff. Now, I mean, I think people are probably grabbing his baseball stuff here and there, sure. too. But I'm saying his football stuff, having not played it down in a long time. And I, we know Tebow's still a big name. Mm-hmm. But it, it just shows you. I mean, I think if I had asked him, I bet it's still one of their big sellers. Of course, here in Jacksonville, that makes some sense. But I'll bet across even the country, Tebow still has – like because people get uh, nostalgic about it. And yeah. not that he's not – Old enough for that yet, mm-hmm. but the Bo Jacksons, you know, the Herschel Walkers, I bet they still do well. That's what he was saying. Yeah. Because you know that name, and That name resonates. Well, and I also found it fascinating, too, the question you asked about where, you know, even if you're a fan of a team, do you find people are starting to buy jerseys of, you know, Jackson yeah. from the Ravens just because they're such great players? And that's an interesting concept, Brent, because if we look at NFL attendance or we look at college football attendance, like, I think those traditions are kind of dying a little bit. And now with, you know, like, we have, we have football at our hands and our cell phones we can watch all the games we can watch nfl red zone so we're seeing all these plays we're seeing all these playmakers make touchdowns and everything and from that perspective i feel like where it's starting to become like the nba now where it's not so much the diehard of, of your team it's so much of well i'm a fan of that player i'm yeah. a fan of that player and, and the nba that's the nba personified and maybe who knows maybe we're going to see the nfl go that direction as well i was ahead of the curve on that and didn't even realize it yeah i love dan marino growing up man my mm-hmm. room was dan marino everything i sure. couldn't get enough dan marino stuff yeah but in 99 when dan marino retired i was like oh, i mean i must still be a dolphins fan i wasn't man yeah. i didn't feel it now maybe if they were a little better at the time when he retired maybe i would have yeah but i like dumped the dolphins in a second yeah and i didn't pick anybody else up that was kind of when i got in the business yeah. so that might have been part of it but like I could, I, I didn't care about the Dolphins at all. I thought I was a Dolphins fan. Well, and it's funny because I wasn't. I was a Dan Marino fan. And from my childhood, obviously, it was, it was far a little bit, but it was obviously Michael Vick as well. You know, I mean, Vick was kind of the game changer in all the commercials and things like that. Now he found some hard times, but Jackson appears to kind of take where where Vick, you know, basically stopped, and now it's like Jackson's whole thing. I was either Dan Marino or Tony Eason for me. Never heard of him. <laughs> and when we come back, another quarterback Who? joins us, Josh Dobbs from the Jags. I've heard of him, and also Tennessee Volunteer. Some memories of the Gator Bowl maybe will be discussed next on ESPN 690.
Well, I should bring more energy. You know, uh, obviously, uh, the way the season's been going, uh, you need you kind of you know you need a good something to get you sparked. You know, and I think playing in the last game in the stadium, knowing their history, the fan base uh, with the black hole, I think it's going to be uh, crucial for us to come in there, play our A game, and try to play spoilers. You know, just make sure that uh, say make sure the fans boo. <laughs> I like that from Calais Campbell. Make sure they boo. <laughs> it's going to be a wild atmosphere now. These are two football teams that have. Not been good the last month, quite frankly. Yet that is going to feel like a playoff game yeah. on Sunday in Oakland. It should be really interesting. Brett Martineau along with former Jags player Austin Lane here on a Thursday. And right now, uh, happy to have Jaguars quarterback Josh Dobbs with us on the show. Joshua Dobbs joined us, uh, boy, a couple months ago, I remember now, here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Awesome to have him on then. Great to have him on now, not just to talk a little Jags, but also about the 75th edition of the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Coming to Jacksonville January 2nd, of course. Indiana and Tennessee in this 75th edition. Well, Dobbs, back in 2015, helped Tennessee along against Iowa, was the MVP in that game, and uh, probably remembers it fondly. Hey, Josh, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Glad to be back on with you guys. How are you guys doing? Ah, we're doing, doing well. fantastic. Thanks for taking some time out on a Thursday. All right, what does it mean to you, that Gator Bowl? Uh, how do you remember it? What was the week like for you in Tennessee? Oh, well, I'm ecstatic, you know, that they're coming back down to Jacksonville. Um, I remember, you know, looking back on that week, I guess it, it seems so long ago. It's crazy how fast time flies. Um, but it was a great week for us. Obviously, you know, when you're up in Tennessee, it's a little chilly around this time. You get a chance to come down to the nice, beautiful, warm weather here in Jacksonville, January 2nd. I think it was like 85 degrees on game day. So it was um, definitely relaxing to have a great week down here and then go out and play well in our first bowl game, I think, as a school for like seven or eight years at the time. So, it was um, it was a big game for us as a program. It's good to go out and have a win, go out on a high note that year, and it's great to be a part of it. And, of course, be the MVP of the game. Josh, from your perspective and your teammates' perspectives, was there a little added incentive for the fact that you're playing in an NFL stadium? And I, I, I get it. You know, you play at Tennessee, and there's a lot of fans there and everything. But did it add a little extra to know that you're going to play where the Jacksonville Jaguars play? Definitely. I think that game was my first. Definitely, yeah. That game was my first time in an NFL stadium. Um, so, you know, there's just something different about you step in there, you know, that you want to eventually get to the NFL stage. And this is the stage you want to be on playing on Sundays or something you dream about as a kid. So as a sophomore in college, you have an introduction to um, the stadium, to an NFL atmosphere. Um, it definitely means a lot. It adds a little, you know, extra. When you walk in and you, you sense that little extra focus, the intensity when you walk into the stadium, I think it definitely raises your level of play. Josh Dobbs with us here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 694 for Tennessee Volunteer Quarterback. Quarterback with the Jacksonville Jaguars now. And, of course, Tennessee and Indiana will play on January 2nd in the 75th edition of the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. That should be a lot of fun. Good matchup. Hey, Josh, last uh, yesterday we had uh, Phil Fulmer on the program talking a little bit about it. And what? how big is Philip Fulmer in Knoxville? Uh, when I say oh that, gosh. like, what I mean, how, you know, around here, obviously, you know, I mean, you think Steve Spurrier, and that's a huge name in Gator country. Uh, I'm assuming yeah. it's something similar, uh, you know, and you have others. I mean, Peyton Manning, and, and your name's pretty big now in uh, Knoxville as well. But give us a sense of how big Philip Fulmer is in the Knoxville area. Oh, it's, um, he's, he's the guy. He's the guy up there. He's the man with the plan. I know when he, 
when it was announced that he was coming back at the time to temporarily be the AD, it was like, you know, the second coming up there. Everyone was elated to have him back a part of the athletic program, back um, around the football team, back just directing the sense. Because, you know, he's won championships at Tennessee, seen Tennessee when they were in their heyday and when they were winning the SEC every year. So he's been around that. He knows what that looks like. So to have him come back and be a part of it, it meant a lot. You know, to us former players, and then a lot to the fan base, and then a lot to the current players and staff. Um, just because he's he's his name obviously is very historic with the records he has. His presence um, means a ton around Tennessee. And you know, when you feel here, Phil former, you know, a lot of positive things around the Tennessee football program come to mind. So to have his iconic name around the program with his demeanor and his mindset, uh, we know that Tennessee is going to get back going in the right direction. Josh, when we're talking about bowl games, unfortunately, I never got to play in one coming from Murray State and everything like that. It's an FCS school. But from your perspective, we hear all the time where, you know, people say that college football teams, they don't take the bowl games very seriously, right? I mean, what did it mean to your team who, who came in the bowl game, six and six, you come to Jacksonville, you get the win. Just how, how much did it mean to you guys, number one? And number two, how hard did you work and how hard did you approach to play Iowa? It was, honestly, the bowl game experience was, especially that, because that was my first bowl game. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you the story. You know, fr- freshman year, we get to Tennessee, and Tennessee hadn't gone to a bowl game in a while. It was Coach Jones' first year there. And we get there, and we go five and seven. We don't end up going to a bowl game. And when I tell you, we played on Saturday. That Monday, we were in the weight room doing off-season workouts like no other. It was unreal, you know, like like the hardest workouts ever. So as a team, we said, you know, next year we are definitely going to a bowl game. So sophomore year, I didn't play the first half of the year, but we were we were doing well. When we, I was able to come in and we were able to finish off the season strong. Things finished off five and one before we hit the bowl game. So to get bowl eligible meant a lot as a team, and as a young player um, in the program, it meant a lot development wise. Getting a chance to practice against our defense, get extra reps in the offense, get a chance to see develop plays get a chance to hang around my teammates when you don't have school and class and just develop as a team and come together as a brotherhood. And then get a chance to go to the bowl game. You're playing a Big Ten opponent, Iowa, who's been a powerhouse up there. So, you know, lots of stake. You know, it's bragging rights. As you see Big Ten, everyone's always asking who's the best conference. Mm-hmm. Well, the best way to see it is in the bowl game. So for us, we definitely wanted to come out and make it a statement game. So to be able to go out, finish off the year strong with a winning record, it hadn't happened in a while as a program. I think it served as a springboard for the next two seasons for us to have continued success at Tennessee for guys to develop. Um, so I know we, we take it, we took it seriously. I know the guys are probably taking it seriously right now just because that time period, you know, it's, it's important time for the program, for young guys to grow, to grow as players, for old guys to bond with the young guys. It's, it's just a great experience, and we definitely enjoyed it. I would say you guys uh, were ready for it. You started out that game 42 to nothing, man. <laughs> the party yeah. was on at we halftime. <laughs> yeah, we were um, – yeah, you know, I think we, we kind of hit them with uh, – we kind of blindsided them quick. But we'll take it, though. We'll take it. It was a good game. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good memory to have, no doubt. And I really like I, – I enjoy you talking about the game like that. And Phil Fulmer kind of said the same. This is a meaningful game this year for Tennessee, 7-5 and five coming to the Gator Bowl. Because, listen, guys like me right, in the media or even fans have said, well, do the Bulls mean the same anymore? I mean, the college football semifinals are big. There's a couple of big ones on New Year's Day. But there's 41 bowl games. Do they mean something? So I think it's important to hear – Guys that played in it, 
guys that are coming to this tax layer Gator Bowl to say it means something to the players. It means something to the program, to the coaches. It's not just about that free gift, right? <laughs> well, it's, not, it's not just about the gift suite. Now, the gift suite's nice. We'll take it. We'll take the gift suite. We're not complaining about the gift suite. But the other incentives are, you know, it, the game of football is so beautiful because unlike other sports where you play basketball, you play baseball, you get a chance to compete multiple times in a week. You know, football, you work eight months for four, four months of opportunities to compete. And in those four months, you only get 12 opportunities to go out and play. Uh, so to get a chance to have an extra opportunity on top of that, you know, it really means a lot because we compete. We love it. We love being out on the field, competing with our brothers. So you just have to step out on the field one last time and compete against an opponent that you don't play every single year. Um, it definitely, it definitely a, lot, a lot is at stake. It's just another opportunity to play the sport we love. Josh, with, uh, you know, the Vols coming to town, obviously you're going to hear a lot of Rocky Top. And my question to you, and I want an honest answer from you, when I went to Murray State, Kentucky, I had no idea what Rocky Top was. But obviously we had a lot of guys from Tennessee who played in the locker room religiously. I probably say I lasted about maybe a week, two weeks straight of hearing it. I'm like, I'm over it. Have Are you over Rocky Top, or is that one of those songs where you have to go with it? Because you're not from Tennessee, you're from Georgia. So you didn't grow up with it. So don't lie to me. I- I won't lie to you, I promise. I, as you say, yes, I did grow up in Georgia. Yeah. So, you know, before I went to Tennessee, like, I knew of Rocky Top, but I'm going to say, like, Rocky Top was the most played f- song on my phone. Yeah. So I, when I tell you, like, once I got to Tennessee and you hear Rocky Top, like, you don't hear it through the speakers, you hear it, like, live. Like, you hear the band <laughs> playing it, you hear you hear the energy, how excited people get. But I tell you, like, from the second you're on campus there, and, and you're a Tennessee volunteer, it never gets old. And it's, ah. and and I get what you I get what you're saying because you like if you hear so much, you're like it has to get old, it has to go. Old. But I'm saying every single time like in the in in the and during the games, we really wanted the band to play it like all game because you just love it. Like there's just something about it right when the song comes on. Because usually if Rocky Top's playing, something good is happening. That's a good point. That's also why we enjoy hearing it. But I don't know, there's something about the song. You know, if you're a true Tennessee. Volunteer, you bleed orange. You know, it never, it never gets old. Like I could play it sitting at home all day. Respect, and, and, respect. And, you know, it might, <laughs> might, might turn down the volume a little bit, but the song will never get old. I believe you, man. Acoustic version. Hey, I, I believe you, Josh Dobbs. Uh, I'm just saying, it's kind of like. If you're married, you better never say that you don't <laughs> like your wedding song anymore. That's a good point. <laughs> Unless you get divorced. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. Sure. Uh, hey, I've got to ask you, obviously, you're with us. It's a tough time right now in that building. It's a tough time for everybody in the city. Uh, but Gardner Minshew said something the other day. I think it was last week. He said it's a special quarterback room. And he, he even said this. He said, listen, a lot of guys say that. He said a lot of guys talk about the QB room. But he hinted that there's something different. You've been in a lot of quarterback rooms. What's the dynamic like right now? I mean, it's been a tricky situation in the last month. And why? what, is, what do you think Gardner meant by that? How would you describe it? I definitely agree with them. I'm not trying to be biased. I'm in the QB room every single day. But, um, you know, it is a special room because, it, as you said, it's a tough time. You know, we this is our livelihood, and we – love football. We compete every day. We're at the complex all day grinding, trying to figure out how we can win on Sunday. So to not win, not win consecutive weeks is tough. It's tough on everybody, um, especially because you know how much time you put in. But it takes a strong group of individuals to be able to grow and get through times of adversity because you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel and you know that times like this are what leads to success in the future. So, um, yeah, we haven't had the success we've liked. 
yeah, guys are banged up. Yeah, it's been a tough season. But, you know, the learning opportunities that we're receiving now will help us in the future. And I think what Gardner meant by talking about the QB room is, you know, especially with the, all the dynamics that have occurred this year, but to see how, you know, each of us in our own way comes to work every single day eager and hungry to grow and improve on the last performance, the last practice, the last meeting, and just trying to find ways to help the team win in whatever way it is, whether it's out there playing on the field or it's on the sideline diagnosing the defense to get us the best look. I think you know, we're, we're always hungry. We're always hungry to learn and hungry to compete and just hungry to get better. And that's what we're doing. Um, we're trying to get the right result out on the field. We want to win just as much as you know, anyone out there watching um, in the Jags colors. And so we know the wins will come, and we're just going to keep working and grinding um, till that day, till till they come, and we'll continue to stack them when they do. We got to get you out of here, but uh, Josh Dobbs uh, on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. A uh, real quick follow up to that. Austin played in the league, a former Jags player, uh, played on the defensive side. It's not like you guys aren't trying to figure it out. But does it add to the frustration? A lot of times in the NFL, right, or a lot of times in sports, you can really focus on some things, and you can figure it out. It might even take two or three weeks. But right now it seems like nothing is working that you're trying to fix. Does that add to the frustration? Have you been through that before at various levels? I think, you know, whatever level – and, as, and especially as long as you play this game, you know, that's, it's going to hit. It's going to hit because the other 53 guys you're playing every Sunday are also getting paid a lot of money to play football, and it's, football is their livelihood, and they're doing the same thing that you're doing. So, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's tough when you have combined weeks of, of losses. And, and, but, yeah, that, but you have to realize, you know, it, it's part of the game. And so it's tough. We hate it. We hate losing. Um, but we know that we'll learn from the mistakes that are made. We'll learn from the last game, the last outing, and we'll just focus on this week. Each week is a one-week season, and all we have is to have to do is get the best we can Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and put the best product on the field as we can on Sunday, snap and clear, and move on to the next week. So that's what we're focused on. We're focused on just one week at a time. Obviously, we have – I heard you guys talk about earlier, we have a big game this Sunday, the last, last game ever, at, you know, in the black hole out in Oakland. Um, so it'll be a big, tough task for us, and we're excited for the opportunity. And the goal is to go out there, get a win, and, and come back to Jacksonville and get ready for the next game. Real quick here, Josh, last question for you here. A real cool thing in the NFL that I'm kind of bummed that I missed out on, it's the My Cause, uh, My Cleats program initiative that's been set up. And it's pretty cool. In the press box where we're sitting, they actually they showed all the cleats that were on the field and what each one meant. And obviously, you know, having you on the show and you being a pretty interesting cat, I'm hoping one day I can see you in space or you're going to be a fighter pilot. I've been, I haven't forgotten, man. We're going to call you Astro. I haven't forgotten about that yet. But, but, I mean, as soon as I saw the program, the first guy I went to was you because I wanted to see, you know, who you're trying to rep and everything. And I was surprised to see you're repping the, the Girls Incorporated of Tennessee Valley. Can you quick talk about that a little bit more? was the inspiration uh, to, to have those, uh, you know, those people on your cleats? Yeah, those are my people. You know, I've been blessed to have several strong female figures in my life that helped me get to where I'm today, starting with my mom and just the daily inspiration she gets from me. Um, so I got a chance to work with Girls Inc. Um, coming out of college. So what they do, their after school program for um, girls, elementary school, middle school age, where they get a chance to, one, they focus in STEM, activities so like one time i went and hung out with them we were shooting off bottle rockets outside of um outside of their school we've been able to go and watch women empowerment movies 
to do different activities that are focused on the STEM field where we need more women support in that field. And the second thing that they talk about is just how to be, how to grow into a strong woman, how to protect ourselves um, in different environments. So we get a chance to partner up with them, get a chance to hang out with the girls in Tennessee Valley. It's been, it's been an amazing opportunity for me. It's really opened my eyes and, and let me see what young women in today's world go through on a day-to-day basis. So those are my people. They're near and dear to my heart. Um, got a chance to spend a lot of time with them over the past couple of years. So it was truly an honor to represent them on my tweets uh, for my cause, my cleats, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm just thankful for that relationship I have with them, and I know we'll have some great events and great opportunities in the future as well. Good That's for you, awesome. man. Pretty good stuff. Uh, all right, two predictions then. Who wins the national championship in college football? And I'm not going to ask you if Tennessee wins the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, <laughs> but how big do they win? Well, okay, okay. I think um, I'll start national championship game. I got to ride with. Got right with LSU. They're hot. Joe Burrow's balling. They're fun to watch. I'm thinking, you know, Ohio State's also up there, but um, I like LSU. And then how how Big Tennessee wins? Um, I think it'll be a couple touchdown game. I do have to say this though. So my QB coach was at Tennessee, Coach Sheridan. He is now the QB coach at uh, Indiana. Ah. So um, so I'll get a chance to see him before the game. But you know, I have a lot of love for him. I think. They'll have a good game plan together. So you know, Indiana will will definitely will definitely compete. But of course, I think the balls will will take it. Got to ride with my Tennessee Volunteers. Jeff, I have one more question for you. Kind of mentioned it. I got to ask you now. What is your favorite yeah. woman empowerment movie of all time? <laughs> my favorite woman empowerment movie of all time is easily Hidden Figures. I got a chance to see that um, oh, sure. in L.A. Um, with my mom. Actually, we, we were able to see it right when it came out, and just to see. Um, you know, all the women who were involved with the rocket launches back in the day. Because, yeah, I think, you know, after being African-American one and then being a woman in STEM, you know, there wasn't a, a, a lot of them. There's three, really, you know. Yeah. You get a chance to see their story, um, their contributions to space exploration, which obviously I love space exploration. I think <laughs> it really opened my eyes. And, yeah. and it was um, – it was, a, it was a great movie. I really enjoyed that one. I've Fantastic. actually seen that movie, too. Yeah, me too. And I don't yeah. watch many movies. There you go. Right? It. it was yeah. very good. All right, Josh Dobbs, we appreciate it, man. I know we held you too long, but uh, thanks for hanging out with us on a Thursday. Tax Slayer Gator Bowl coming up on January 2nd. It will be Tennessee and Indiana, former MVP of the Gator Bowl. Josh Dobbs hanging out with us. Good luck this weekend with the Jags, man. And I'm going to play you out a little Rocky Top, I think. Because <laughs> he's trying to I find like it. it. There we go. There we go. Thank you, guys. Oh, you it's it, like a bad Kentucky over again. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yep. I'll see you guys next time. All righty. That's Joshua Dobbs. Yeah. Brent, the favorite empowerment movie for a woman. What is it? I mean, you've seen a lot of movies. Well, a League one. of Their Own. Oh, good one. No, that's, that's a great one, man. I was thinking of a, what's the one, what's the Whoopi Goldberg movie? Uh, with the, is it, uh, with Sister the, Act. Sister Act. Yeah, Sister I was like, Act. I thought, I was like, I wonder if he'll go there or we go there. Yeah. What, what do you say? Well, ah, uh, Alien. How, how, that's a woman's empowerment movie. Alien? Sigourney Weaver? Come on. Sure. What do you mean, sir? That or either Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yeah, I guess yeah. I wasn't thinking Kill of Bill? those when I was Yeah, thinking. Kill Bill's up there too, man. Dude, Alien, how is that not a woman's empowerment movie? Yeah. The chick takes down a giant xenomorph, whatever. <laughs>
Yeah, empowerment <laughs> to the max. The chick takes sorry. out. Woman sorry, woman empowerment, and the chick sorry. takes down. Sorry, really? sorry, the female lead takes down a xenomorph. Well, we've Enough waited said. 11 months to get the I'm sorry apology letter out here on the show. All right, well, let me go to it quick. On behalf of ESPN 690, I want to apologize for my comments. <laughs> sorry. Right. Sigourney Weaver dominates. Very good. Yeah. Well said. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll try to dominate the last hour on ESPN 690. Trying to, you know, I think the things that help this team win is me taking care of the ball and then, you know, finding ways to just keep getting first downs and get us in the end zone. Um, you know, trying to look for those explosive plays that we had earlier in the year and trying to find those and um, while still uh, taking care of the ball. We're not going to talk about the topic we're talking about. <laughs> no. It's no. not going to be a win-win. Topic. I want to. Maybe we will, but I first have to, fi- I have to vet it through my own filter system. Oh, I know, for sure. I'm not just launching that one out. We have sponsors, Brent. We have to be careful now. But it would be good. No, it's an interesting debate. Not afraid of it. But I'm not going to do it. Anyway, uh, move on. <laughs> but we are afraid of it. We, well, yeah. I am yeah, afraid. yeah well, yeah. I'm afraid of I'd it afraid just of it. Uh, as it was happening 10 seconds prior to coming back on air. I'm a little afraid of it. I'm a little passionate about it. it. Yeah, for sure. You're good. I mean, it made your uh, woman empowerment movie turn chick seem like nothing. Sir, did you hear that segment? I did, yes. Is Alien a woman empowerment movie? It certainly can be interpreted as such. What do you mean? It's, either it is or it isn't. Uh, that's not how this world works. I would love okay. to know what the criteria is. For, and by the way, this is not. I I would rely on you guys to know because I do not yeah. venture into this landscape. Yeah. yeah. Other than I thought it was a pretty good pull for a League of Their Own. No, that was fantastic. I'm, I'm proud of you, Brent. Yeah, you pulled, you pulled that one out of left field. Well, to first, let's establish yeah. that Brent did a really good job. All right, let's give him his pat on the back that he's I need, that he's so desperately I need one every day. That he so desperately acquires. <laughs> yep. There you go. Thank, Thank you, Coos. You play Ashland's fight song? <laughs> he doesn't have that one queued up. I, I just think a woman empowerment movie dictates that the female, there's a strong female lead. Keyword strong, who overcomes an obstacle and in the end um, becomes the hero. So the the new Star Wars trilogy can be interpreted as such as Why well. not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, she could turn the dark side. We don't know where it's going to go. Spoiler alert. But she's empowered to turn to the dark side. There you go. For a different power. But she and know Sigourney Weaver and Alien. I'm just telling you right now, man. Yeah. Okay. Okie dokie. <laughs> Frank, By the way, have you ever seen Alien before we go on? Yeah, I have. Okay, good. All right. Let's talk about it. makes Brent uncomfortable. I saw it way back. Like, how many times have you seen Alien? Uh, and in my adulthood, probably 50, 60. Yeah, see, that's not me. Yeah. No, like, I mean, I've seen it, but I'm not stopping. Well, I made the mistake again. of watching when I was, like, eight years old, and it was game over, man. Yeah, see, I, that's, didn't that's sleep, where... Didn't sleep for a year. See, that's where I suffer in the, in the pop culture movie realm yeah is i'm not that guy like i don't i don't sit there and watch a movie i've seen over and over again i get it because you're busy man i I get it but i just really even if i wasn't the movie i did that with is two of them (laughs) i two of them i can remember aladdin the reason because your kids no is because my mom i remember having it on the house like every freaking time i walked in okay (laughs) she she must have watched aladdin like five thousand times yeah so shiny shimmering splendor yeah so Mm -hmm. i mean i must have seen i knew every word of aladdin okay okay and it's a good movie oh yeah. yeah but the college one for me that did it and the one that i can quote every line from is tommy boy 
Ah. That was my college movie. So yep. that we watched nonstop. Sure. And it was on and on and on, and yeah. it was beautiful. Fair now, enough. the one, like, there's another one that I get, and sometimes I reference this. That's why I'm good at this one, is Roadhouse. Of course. Like, I'll stop and watch. I get hooked back on Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah, man. Must be the one scene. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, which one is that? Which one are you referring to? <laughs> which one? Yeah. One up in the barn. I got you. Okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I, but I'm not that guy. You know, a lot of people do that. I'm, I, I just can't watch. My buddy. He's like that. He watches movies and movies and mm-hmm. watch the same one over and over and over again. Yeah. Can't get there. I feel yeah. like not, you know, being a, a cable cutter and not having the, the different channels. At this point, it's like if I just want some background noise, I'll pop on Netflix, find a movie I like, and I've already seen it. But I don't I don't want to have to commit complete attention to it. Yeah. But I'll put it on in the background while I'm doing other stuff and just that way something's playing on the TV. I am disappointed in the like I have HBO channels. And I got that about a year and a half ago. Sure. And I'm just disappointed. Like, when you come home at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning and I'm not tired and I want to flip, the movie Dude. selection there is not good, see, man. You have to go on the TV shows on HBO. You're missing so much great television right now, man. Which ones? Watchmen, first of all. Is that on HBO? Yes. Game changer. Okay. Um, Did you see the Watchmen movie? Those are movie? two different ones. Did you see the movie, by the way? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <Game changer. laughs> That's a Netflix. Not hey, a nice Brent, Brent, Brent's on it, man. Man. Yeah, you want me it's to like go some, vegan, don't it, you? It's like I'm talking to a Google assistant right now. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, you're right. Did but, you see the movie, Brent? Nah. Okay. okay, well then you, you have to watch, watch you the, the movie to, first and then the show. Yeah. Did you the say show. that when you got you asked somebody the other day? You said that's dark. Like oh, really Scott, dark. yeah, yeah, because you know me and Scott go back and forth, man. Game of Thrones. I mean, we're all over it, and yeah, Watchmen is legit. Okay, I'll have to check that. Yeah, out. and also so what uh, else is on HBO, man. Well, have you ever seen a? Uh, Sounds like an ad for HBO. I know, right? Well, he's, what he's what else is on there these days? I'm glad you asked, Brent. I want to go. Saban and Belichick thing is on HBO, right? Okay, I'm gonna give you one show because you're a baseball guy. Show, I know. I'm gonna give you one show because you're a baseball guy. Eastbound and Down. Have you seen it? No. Oh, Brent. Oh, boy. Oh, Brent. Eastbound and Down. Enough said. Really? Yes. All right. Eastbound and Down. Well, like, Anybody listening, please tweet Brent. Back me up here. Eastbound and Down for a baseball fan. You cannot go wrong with it. So, like, what time does that come on normally? Oh, it's... it's it, you, It'll play over hey, and over. You, you missed the boat on that five years oh, ago. so I got to go back so on, like, HBO Go. HBO Go and watch it. Yeah. Sorry, hey, sorry for the inconvenience, <laughs> okay? But Eastbound hey, and Down, you can't go can wrong. Can I watch the whole thing on the flight to Oakland? If oh, you yeah. download them to a device, because we don't do have Wi-Fi on the plane. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Yeah. You know, Did you guys have Wi-Fi on the London plane this year? Yes. Yeah, that was new. Yeah, I'm going to be new. honest, too. Just go with, I mean, season one for sure. Two and three are kind of, eh, whatever. But season one, east, east bound and down, you cannot season go wrong. Season two and three are always, eh. Yeah. And that's most the everything. Goes. First season was great, though. Yeah. yeah first season All was right. fantastic. I might do that. Yeah, you should. Okay. All right. Kenny uh, Powers. Way, uh, we, thanks to Josh Dobbs for coming on, getting mm-hmm. us into this movie. Yeah, conversation, which is right up my alley. <laughs> uh, but uh, do want to remind you that with the bowl game coming up, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, we're doing a cool thing with ESPN 690 and the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Want to send a child to the game on January 2nd. And it's more than just a ticket. It's transportation to and from the game, a meal, pregame tailgate activities, a commemorative T-shirt, and a ticket to see Indiana take on Tennessee. And if you can't get there, send a kid to the game, man. That's pretty cool. Cool yeah. experience for a young uh, boy or girl to be able to share and say they I went to the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. I saw the next Josh Dobbs or this person or that person and uh, can put it in their memory bank. The average cost is about 75 bucks. Go to ESPN690.com. If you pledge $75, you're basically sending a kid to the game on January 2nd. And on ESPN690, we're trying to fill up a bus of kids. 
Um, I think you're the chaperone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are they going to be chaperoning me or my chaperoning yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Kids, kids, we're watching, we're watching Alien on the ride over the game. Better believe it. I don't know Woman empowerment, baby. Let's go. <laughs> but uh, ESPN690.com, we'll continue to remind you about it. But jump on board. Uh, 75 bucks, help a kid get to the game, and it'll be a pretty cool moment. Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Stuart Weber here. I was going to do a little balling and falling, but uh, we're going to run into a break before then. So let's stop and go to, well, Stuart's forte. Got to give Stuart a shout-out. Just finished uh, the high school Friday night award show, Friday night blitz. Uh, we call them the Blitzies. It's going to air on Saturday night. Our player of the year, our coach of the year, our courage award winner that we give out each and every year in honor of Ryan Keith, uh, who passed away of ALS in 2017. Teams of the year, games of the year, all that stuff. Uh, but Stewart does a fantastic job. It, it's really fun to look back on the high school football season. And I also think, like last night when I was at the Bulls game, I think it's really cool how everybody covers it. You know, uh, this is the one time like I'll give a somewhat shout out to the competition. But like, I mean, you do you see multiple radio stations represented there? You see three TV stations represented there. You see the newspaper there. Oh, it's I mean for for a high school football game. You know, and football takes the cake in that regard. But I think I mean we cover a lot of high school sports, but football certainly is built up a little bit more. There's no denying that. Uh, but it is cool that they get this kind of coverage, win or lose. Yeah. And uh, it's I was thinking about this, and I didn't know how to say it. It's not that losing is okay, but in those moments last night, like they were a severe underdog. Bowles was, mm. and they almost pulled a stunner. It would have been a stunner. It didn't feel like that during the game. It felt like they were almost yeah, a favorite. Yeah, if you checked in in the first half, you wouldn't have thought that. But they actually were a severe underdog, and it oh, yeah. showed up in the final six minutes. Why? I mean, that team just didn't play in the first three quarters, or I just thought they got outcoached, that other team. Uh, but when you almost get there and you lose, and I was kind of hanging around the bus area and watching those kids out, and all I could help but think of some of the games like you lost as a kid, yeah. whether it was in a little league or high school or maybe it's college, maybe for you it's in the pros. And you sometimes those games, they they when you're 30 years down the road, you almost remember those more than you win, oh. and not necessarily in a bad way. Sure. Now, sometimes, yeah, they sting and, and all that, but there's almost something that brings a smile to your face even in the, the close, gut-wrenching loss because that's what sports is. Yeah. Like, it sounds kind of corny to say, and I know it kind of sounds like people say, that's a loser mentality. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying it like that because maybe you got screwed out of a call. Mm-hmm. Maybe a kid played unbelievable that nobody expected to play unbelievable. Those are the stories that come flooding back to me, at least, yeah. when I think of some of those kind of games. And I didn't walk off with the trophy. It just goes to show you because I think winning sometimes you take for granted. And all the thing about you lose, I think, most of the time is like the whole team. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, man, I could have done more. When you win something like that, there could have been a hero. And and the hero's getting all the glory. Yeah. Right? So it's it just uh, it's, it sounds well, like a little movie in itself right yeah. there. But I no, thought of all that last night with the Bulls kids because, again, they were not expected to win. They almost mm-hmm. stunned themselves by pulling off that W, which would have been pretty cool. And that's what makes high school sports so great, Brent. And that's why it's great you guys cover it, right? Because... You know, I've had the I've had the honor to play in high school, college, and the NFL. But like the memories that I go back to honestly, wholeheartedly, are the times I spent in high school because those are the guys that you grew up with. Those are the guys that you had to go to class with, and then you go on the field and practice with, and you play with. And like in college and football, you know, guys start playing for different reasons, especially in the NFL. Some for money, some for fame, some to win a Super Bowl. But in high school, it's like the purest form of football, right? So yeah, anytime that you you go out and you lose the last game you're ever gonna play. 
you immediately can go back to that game. And right now, I'll be honest, I, I, I've been there with those guys from Bowles. It's going to suck the next couple years, man, because you're going to go back and think, I could have did this better. I could have did this better. But the point is the fact that you're not going through it alone. You have your friends there with you that are going through it as well. And like to the point for me now, we had we had a bad game where we should have won, we lost, we missed our chance to go to state. And one of my best friends, his name was Andrew Moss. Andrew Moss didn't play cover two, and he cost us the game, hands down. You okay? still calling him out? Oh, this is the funny thing though. So like this has been a running <laughs> joke, now. Brent. This has been a Check running out. joke. Brian and. Somewhere in Wisconsin right now. This has been a running joke for the past 13 years, and it still continues to be a running joke. Even from the standpoint, when I was the best man in his wedding, I brought it up at his wedding. I'm like, you know, and if Andrew Moss would have uh, played cover two or not, you know, he would have been deeper than deepest. We'd probably go to state, but it is what it is. Hey, congratulations to Tosta Andrew <laughs> of Virginia. But that's just what we do, man, you know. But um, I, I guarantee those guys will get over it, and then going forward, it will be nothing but great memories and laughs. Uh, I, I like you were saying, like I don't remember any of the wins. I just have the one loss, and it's not football, but it's cross country. It's the last meet we ever had. Uh, I turned my ankle and prevented <laughs> us from going to states. Really? Yeah. Oh. No, it was regionals, and I turned my ankle like uh, five minutes into the race. I ended up finishing like third to last in the entire thing. Which, what, by the way, those <laughs> other two guys, how did you not beat me when I went on a turned ankle? But I digress. Was it, was it on a rock, or how did you turn it? It just, uh, just the elevation change. Oh man, twisted it. Those, those elevation changes, Brent. That's part of cross country. It's part, part of the deal. But, I, yeah. I got but a cross country story. I was, I was finished last in the state of Rhode Island in cross country <laughs> my sophomore year. It's the only thing I've ever quit because that was done. <laughs> One year and done. That's With awesome. all due respect to all you runners out there, cross country is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I mean, I never it was, did it. It's just training for the other sports, <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah. You know, you're just out there running. What's well, I run track and field? But yeah, yeah it, it's like you say, you remember those those memories from not only the good but the bad as well, and it motivates you and it makes you want to be better. And uh, I mean, I still wasn't awesome by track season, but I do feel like it pushed me a little more to want to be better and to do the best that I could in that track season because uh, that was the you know the next chance I had to go out there and do that a little more. Yeah, they'll have a chip on their shoulder. But I, yeah. I, I, I think of it more like, it was interesting because I was thinking about it too fast, but maybe I'm reflective on this game for them. Sure. Because I think of it like, okay, and when I'm 55 and I get together with Pat and Pete and Paul, my buddies mm-hmm. uh, from home, and we're playing ball. It's really Pat, Pete, and Paul. The three Ps. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. And, and, and we're, and and we're talking, what comes up first? Is it is it the characters that you played with? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is it... This unbelievable game that you won or had or whatever, or is it that stinging loss that you've just never forgotten? Sure. And so I think it changes for every person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what that will be. But then I also thought of it as a different – like I was watching those kids yesterday, and I'm like, gosh, I hope my kids get in this position mm-hmm. to play in a big game, like win or lose. Mm-hmm. And and feel that man because it sucks to feel it. It does. It's great if you win it. It's mm-hmm. an unbelievable feeling too. But it sucks to feel that. But you you almost want to feel it because of that course. means you're in that position to have a chance to win. And I was thinking of it a little bit like with Ty and Kaylee. I'm like, man, I hope they get a chance to play for a state championship yeah. someday. You know, in softball or baseball or whatever. And maybe it's a division title or a district. So again, that really means something. Yeah, absolutely. You know? uh, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that certainly you know highlights the the spirit of. You know what our what our coverage and what our show is all about for the Friday Night Blitzies, uh, and, and just seeing those those great moments that these uh, kids and, and communities are really going to remember. And the communities is an important part about it, absolutely. Uh, especially when we talk about the Courage Award, as you mentioned, uh, and the story behind that. Uh, we talked a, l- a little bit about it on the news last night, uh, but we'll have more obviously this weekend with the Blitzies. 
Um, but just the, how everybody comes together for Friday Night Football and for uh, the Blitz, it's really a lot of fun to put it together, and it, it puts a, a nice cap to the end of the season uh, and really throws it all together, which is pretty cool. And then we get to go see all these guys move on to the next level and, yeah. and go do big things and, and keep playing and moving their way up. I think that's a fun part about around here and a lot of places yeah. around the country. But, like, listen, in Rhode Island, if I was doing this show, there might be two kids moving on to Same play thing in college Wisconsin. football. Yeah. Around here, you're like, shoot. You know, we yeah. just talked to Josh Dobbs. Well, some kid I'm covering today, eight years from now on the radio, will be talking to him like he's Josh Dobbs. For sure. You well, know, that's going to happen. And one, like, of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite moments from you so far is we went to Ohio State and, like, the guys recognized that's you right. on the team. And they're like, what's up, Brad? I was good. like, yeah. damn, like, that's a really cool moment, That's man. pretty cool to yeah. cover him in, in high school. Yeah. Um, so uh, good stuff. Saturday night, 1030 on Fox 30, 1130 on CBS 47. And I will say this one thing, and I know everybody's like, man, it's football. You guys give so much love to football. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I didn't play high school football. I've kind of covered football. I would just tell you without hesitation, and as much as I'd like to tell you, well, the baseball games are more. <laughs> no, it's something different about football. Like yeah. from a community, it's different. Yeah, I went to Gardner Minshew's hometown, man. You could feel football in Gardner Minshew's mm-hmm. hometown, and so and that's a lot of places across the country. It's not every place across the country, but it's a lot of places across the country, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, pretty cool. But good work to Weber, the entire staff. I think you'll like the show. We dressed up in tuxedos for this one, you know. Oh, classy! Oh yeah, that's why I didn't get invited. I yeah. appreciate it, guys. Yeah. yeah, when's the last time you wore a tux? It's been a while, Brent. <laughs> prom maybe? And, uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't wear a tux. I actually wore jeans to prom. All right. Anyway. anyway. Uh, Calais Campbell with a big award and Clinton Portis and other NFL players in some trouble on a weird kind of press release that I got today. Didn't expect it. One used to play for the Jags. I want to know if you've ever heard of him. I'm good, right? (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about? Everybody's looking at us. What are we talking about right now? Uh Uh-oh. What are we talking about? When we come back, ESPN 690 will reveal the cold hard facts about those former Jags players. <laughs> Can we talk about some movies some more? Feelings will be high. You know, the black hole in them, they're going to be all cheering for their team, trying to tell them to do, do good and stuff. But we just got to go out there and knock them off their rhythm and uh, give them a big L for their last game. That's DJ Hayden, drafted by the Oakland Raiders. Knows all about the Raiders yep. and Oakland and trying to get a win. Uh, yeah, I like DJ Hayden, man. He says that I was still got a swag. That's nice to hear, actually, when you've lost five in a row. And that's just not like a cocky, arrogant swagger. Still a swagger like, hey, man, we're going to go in there and win. I'm a competitor. I want to beat them. Yeah. And I don't, well, I've given up hope on that. <laughs> I mean, it's good that they have it in there. Um, they're trying to keep it together. I, I don't, again, it hasn't proven to be fruitful. Uh, in that regard, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll see if it finally is, you know. Uh, I can't, can you imagine, like I almost can't imagine them, the Jaguars keeping a game close right now, but at the same time, I also have a hard time looking up and saying, oh my gosh, the Jags lost the last six, seven, eight games of the year by more than 15 points. Yeah. And right now it looks inevitable, but that's so unlikely. So unlikely. Even this five-game stretch is as unusual as it's been since 1986 in the NFL. Man, oh, man, crazy times. You just have a hard time believing, especially with John Gruden being the offensive guy, that he is. Uh, he doesn't have a game plan that's going to expose the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. You know? Yeah, yeah. I now mean, can they execute we can, it and yeah. all that stuff. And we, we can break down a little bit tomorrow, but let's be honest. I mean, there's not much to break down. The Jaguars aren't good, and hopefully they can stop the Raiders. Yeah, they, just, <laughs> yeah, they just need guys to play better Yeah, and, and maybe yeah. unexpectedly play better. Sure. Right now they've put a blueprint out there. They're 
they're not going to play good. All right, but yeah. this guy over time has played a little ball and falling real quick. Okay. Because I really want to get in these topics, and it kind of fits the bill. Calais Campbell nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year today. Yeah. Uh, we'll be over there at uh, Mellow Mushroom in Avondale here in just a little bit. Calais, Josh Lambeau going to be there. It's a great and, honor, and, by uh, the way, the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Come over and, and see the show at Mellow Mushroom in Avondale, 7 o'clock on Fox 30. If you can't come over to the show, which I suggest you do, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun time, fun moment in this show tonight. So if you can't uh, come over and watch it on Fox 30. There's a tease. I like it. I think you're going to like it. I don't want to give anything else away from that, but it'll be a really cool deal that we got going on tonight at the show. Uh, Matt, I, I don't know what else to say about Calais Campbell. The adjectives have run. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea if he'll be there I, next year. I don't think he will at $15 million a year. I, will he take a pay cut? Does he want to stay? Does he want to be a part of this thing? Do they still want him part of this thing? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, does he go find another team? I think he's going to play football. Yeah. I think he's still got plenty of good football in, in him. Mm-hmm. But um, it is hard to find a player and a man that has been more impactful than this guy. You know you know it from Paul Pozlozny. You played with him. Mm-hmm. And as Pozlozny exited the building, you could tell just how revered he was inside the building, yeah. how respected, how well appreciated he was by pretty much everybody in the building, from salesperson all the way to football player to trainer yeah. to water boy to whatever. Well, And you also felt the void when he left. And now you've really felt that when he mm-hmm. left. That's a very good point. And that's maybe what the Jaguars have to be a little bit careful of. Mercedes Lewis, Paul Pozlozny, maybe from a production standpoint on the field, we're not playing. Definitely, I think Daryl Smith has to be on that list, too, as well, Brent. Put him on there. Yeah. This is a topic for another time when we get a little closer. Yeah. But they have to be a little bit of careful. Now, you don't just pay $15 million to a guy because you're afraid of his presence. Correct. If he's gone. Yeah. But if they could figure something out, I'd be a little careful of letting that guy go, especially if I'm a new regime trying to create something and that culture that everybody talks about. I want that guy aboard. And so even in the sense of Pazlazny, as big as we knew he, how much he was uh, an, an impact, he was a quiet guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like the attention. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Calais likes the attention, but he also doesn't shy away from the attention if, if you give it to him. And his actions have warranted more attention off the field. Because of all the things he's done. Bart Starr winner last year. Uh, he's the uh, Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award nominee this year for the Jags. He is the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award nominee for the Jacksville Jaguars. Again, one of the best free agents all time in the history of the NFL. Mm-hmm. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the production that Calais Campbell has given on and off the field. And I will tell you this, there are people, although it doesn't make maybe doesn't make sense, there are people when I uh, the, the new salary cap came out. And I said, hey, if they could get rid of A.J. Boye and um, Marcel Darius and Calais Camp, those are big salaries that they could cut down and be yeah. under the limit and have money to play with. People are like, I don't care how much it costs Calais Campbell. No, <laughs> I I'm mean, s- I'll keep him. That's how much people love Calais Campbell here in Jacksonville mm-hmm. uh, as a man. And they should. I mean, yeah. that is about as genuine as it gets. Uh, I see it every Thursday night. Um, you could easily want to. Get out of there and, and go on with your night. He sticks around. He talks to all the fans, sometimes the same fans that have been there for years now. Uh, some of those fans, I think, might have about 50 autographs from Calais Campbell and 50 pictures, yeah. and he doesn't mind, mind it a second. Uh, just a really cool guy. A guy that someday, when I'm 65, 70 years old and out of this business, 
It'll be a guy that I always refer back to, and I know that now, 20 years into the business, he's been one of the greatest I've ever covered. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, I mean, unfortunately, I never got the chance to play with Calais Campbell, but I got to meet him during Puzz's retirement ceremony. I, I was around town, I figured I'd stop by and see it, and I, I walk into the, the meeting room, and here's Calais, and Calais literally comes up to me, and I'll be honest, like, obviously... I knew who Clayus was when he stood up because I'm like, okay, well, this guy is 6'9 or whatever. That's, and I remember saying to myself, my first impression, I'm like, this is stupid. Dude, like, because when I played football, I was used to being the tallest guy in the room, right? Like, I wasn't necessarily, I didn't weigh the most, but I was up with the tallest. And, like, here I am looking up to Clayus Campbell. I'm like, dude, this is absolutely stupid. But he says what's up to me and everything, and we, we talk a little bit. And that's just a guy right there, Brent. Once you, like you said, we'll get into it a little bit later because we have plenty of time to get into it. But with that new regime coming in now, it's about keeping those key cogs that can keep the team together. Because the last thing you want to do is have kind of like the relapse of the Gus Bradley era where they cut all the pros, they cut all the vets of the guys that did it the right way, the guys that can lead a locker room. You cut all those guys, and it was basically just a free-for-all in that locker room, you know? And you saw that firsthand, Brent, because you covered it. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully in a, in a perfect world, maybe they can restructure Clayus a little bit and he wants to stay. But it's like you said, he's got plenty of football left ahead of him. I mean, I can see him using, kind of like to use him, League Jackson before he got hurt, where he'll be like a second and third down specialist. You know, I mean, I think he's, his ability to pass the rusher will always be warranted. But as far as a person, man, I mean, yeah, he's definitely one of those rare breeds, one of those throwback type of guys. Um, and the guy's just golden. What else can you say about him? Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. You can't say enough. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to sound corny about it and all that stuff. Uh, let's see what happens future-wise uh, mm-hmm. for Calais Campbell. But uh, he's been a treat around to be around. He's, mm-hmm. you know, There's been a lot of players in this decade that I've covered that you say, man, you just wish they would do it a little bit better. Or some players that are just awesome, you just wish they were a little bit more talented. Mm-hmm. He's the perfect package. He has produced. He's ultra-talented. He makes people forget how good of a football player he is because of how nice of a man he is and as a professional as he is. That's a pretty good uh, accolade. You yeah. know, that's, a, that's about as good a compliment as you get. When you're as good as a football player as he is and people almost forget how good he is because of the man he is, mm-hmm. wow. You know, I mean, that's – because here's the deal. I don't know what you think. Pulpas Leslie, the man, was as well-respected as you can get. Of course. Paul Pazuzzi, the football player, was never dominant. He's very good. Yeah. But, <laughs> go ahead. Okay. You, you tell me different. I'm just saying, yeah. I, I, like, I, like, to me, mm-hmm. and I love Puzz. Yeah. And so this is not a knock on him, but I'm just saying, if you had to rate, like, Calais no, Campbell it has, like, from a, if you were on the notches, the ladder of, of where they are, mm-hmm. the pecking order, like, I would put Calais probably two notches ahead of Pazlozny in terms of how production good they are on the field. Sure. Is, is that accurate, you think? You, you know what? It is and it's not, Brent, because you're talking about two different positions. And like from from the the linebacker position, you know, I mean, I had a chance to play with, with a couple great ones. You know, I, I played with Lance Briggs a little bit, and I played with Puzz. And Puzz playing that middle linebacker spot, I mean, the most important part is make sure that you guys are lined up properly. And then almost like, in the, and I go back to like Ray Lewis, I think like Luke Keekley now, where the middle linebacker is almost the guy where he radiates the type of football that you want to play, 
right? Like you think of Ray Lewis, you think of you know the the stout Baltimore defenses, you think of Luke Keekley, you think of a smart defense, um, always in the right spot at the right time. And when with Puzz, I think that rubbed off on our defenses. And and I I get it. We weren't we didn't have a lot of great teams, but our defenses are pretty solid. Usually you're in and you're out. And a lot of that has to do with Puzz and his mentality of number one, getting guys lined up right. Number two, where if the ball was going to come into Puzz's hole. You never had to worry about it. He was going to be in the right spot. And number three, it's just the way that he carried himself. You know, it's almost like that aura. And I got that with Calais when I met him, you know, for Puzz's retirement thing. It's like some players, for whatever reason, and I wish I could put a word to it, but I can't. But they just have this way. They have this moxie, the way they carry themselves. They have this aura that people gravitate towards. Yeah. And Puzz is one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, and granted, like the, the on-the-field production, like, yeah, he had a lot of tackles, obviously. I mean, did he have a lot of those, like, plays where you remember that led, you know, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that the teams that Puzzle was on, they weren't really that that's good, good to tell you the truth, and that probably falls more on us than anything. But I think overall, Matt, I think Puzzle was one of the best linebackers for sure. That's good. That's yeah. cool to know. I, I, uh, here's a, I think Puzzle was a very good player. Yeah. Um, I, I just think Calais, the, like you said, the production. I yeah. mean, I think Calais is knocking on the door of a Hall of Fame career. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure Puzzle even been mentioned. Well, that that, 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 that I'll agree with you on. Uh, yeah. So, um, but impactful. But you know, it's a good topic for a little bit down the road. There's, mm-hmm. there's a couple of things I'm working on, and maybe some of them wind up on TV, really. But if you think about some of the players that they let go at times, sure. my view of this whole mess in Jacksonville across the whole decade, take 17 away, yeah. is that they almost felt like a step behind mm-hmm. in everything and i still have to kind of put that into words and get a little evidence of that but you know I, even from the from when gus bradley gets here he's a defensive guy well why'd they try to build the offense before they built the defense Correct. you're a defensive guy mm-hmm. uh when you know daryl smith you thought oh, yeah. he was Done, that, but that he's was, not done. That, that was and, the most shocking one to me, Brent. Yeah, but, and, but those kind of moves is my point. Mercedes well, Lewis, okay, sure. he's not a Pro Bowl tight end. Well, and but see, for a half a million dollars or whatever it was, a million and a half dollars, is he worth being around that locker room? I would well, say probably he was and, and, in hindsight. And here's the thing with Daryl, I quick want to mention, or we used to call him Buck. You know, when Buck got let go and he went to the Ravens, I was surprised that there wasn't more of an outcry by Jaguars fans. Because I think Buck's only detriment to his playing ability, and I'm talking about Daryl Smith here, was his personality. Quiet. He was the he was the quiet. most quiet dude ever, even on the field. But now, there was no relationship with the fans with, with oh, uh, Daryl Smith. Yeah, and, and it's okay. No, like, for it's, sure, it's admirable to me yeah. that a guy can go that quiet about his yeah. business. But that's why. But, so there wasn't like, what do you mean? Yeah, and he didn't have Pro Bowls next to his name, even though Whoa. the people in the know, the people down the building, said oh, he was he very should've. good. Yeah, but I would say for a guy that. On the outside looking in, I didn't know that until I asked more people about it. Yeah. You know, so and I'm saying casual fans not going to know that Daryl Smith was a damn good football player. Of course, but it's, that's maybe not their job to know, but I'm talking about the coaches coming in. They should have known they that. They, they should have watched the film. Well, that was and, uncalled well and stuff. Yeah. I, listen, I, that they, they know they made a mistake there. They sure. tried to get – if you had a birth certificate that said you were under 30 years – over 30 years no, old, I know. you were gone. I understand that, but just from from Daryl Smith's perspective, man, I mean, I, I I will say this until the day I go on the ground. He was the most underrated player that I ever played with on any team. I mean, the the, the guy was just that good. But you never would have knew that, and maybe he never went to any Pro Bowls because when he made a play, he wasn't the guy that was hollering. He wasn't the guy that was doing his sack celebrations. The guy just went about his business and did it at a very very high level. I can't say enough good things about Daryl Smith. All right, you got balling. I got balling. What you got? Cruz audio, please. 
Oh, you know what time it is, Brent. It's, it's the Murray State Hour, baby. <laughs> Aaron Bynes, what's up? Aaron Bynes, what's up? Morant with a running start. So, in case you didn't pick that up, John Moran absolutely posterized uh, Aaron Baines, who, to me, is one of the most dunkable people in the NBA. You know, that, that blue collar, that gritty type of guy that just tries to make it. Well, yeah, that's what happens when you try to be blue collar and come to the paint on John Moran. You get dunked on. Cool is real quick. John Moran, a lot of comparisons to Russell Westbrook right now. Are you buying into him? Yes, I'm buying really? into it. Oh, Kuzma, welcome aboard the Murray State Express. Are you just afraid because Austin Lane has to walk by your desk to leave? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I would I would say there are some concerns. Uh, he he did have that back injury. The injuries, that's, for sure. That's, that's a little concerning. Um, but what he's shown so far is promising. Yeah. I guess from, from your perspective, Kuz, and, you know, you do the Driving Dish podcast, so you know what you're talking about. I mean, let's be honest, John Morant. Not a very big individual. Anybody hey. can do a podcast, just for the record. Okay, well, he, he's doing an NBA podcast, Brent. I can't wait to hear yours one day. I'll see you in a week. Uh, but from your perspective with John Moran... I'm working on my Metallica one. <laughs> I'll be there for that one, for sure. From John Moran's perspective, though, he's not the biggest guy. You know, you've seen his style of play. He likes to drive to the lane. He likes to throw down the dunks. I mean, do you think that his style of play right now, do you think it's going to be conductive to his career going forward, or do you think there's always going to be the injury risks there? I, there'll always be the injury yeah. risk, and he's and he, but he's young, so it's like you know the other part of it is the when the athleticism starts to go, where will his game go? Because I think he's only taking about maybe two and a half three pointers a game, which is v- way less than you know a lot of the Very point guards are Russell taking. Westbrook like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, so you you kind of want to see that go up a little bit and see if he can start refining that part of the game. But again, he's he's on a team that's not necessarily the best one and in win now mentality. Kuz, I, I'm gonna give you five stars in that podcast. Good job. Very buddy. good. Driving Dish podcast. Check it out, uh, Justin Kuzart. What do you got, real quick? Um, I already did ball, and that was Calais, okay. the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Okay. Let's take a break. We got to take a break, Kuz, and then we'll come back and do Fallen. And it's some serious news for. Some NFL players. Mm-hmm. Austin, not involved. I'll give that away. Okay, good. Some former NFL players. Yeah. Um, one, a former Jaguar, mm-hmm. who, quite frankly, I had to look up. <laughs> quite frankly, I played with him. I don't remember. <laughs> so that's, that's how bad I am. But maybe the big part of this story, without giving too much away, is you oh, are not I that can, surprised. I can diss on him. Yeah, we're not that surprised that, well, you know what? This last segment, Brent, it's going to be a 15-minute TED Talk of ways that you can beat the NFLPA. That's yeah. what it's going to be. Well, you're not that surprised that the United States Department of Justice yeah. is sending out a press release for former NFL guys. Hey, you see this face? Color me shocked right now. Wow. Interesting. Next on ESPN 690. You know, having coached at the Raiders uh, for five years, uh, I, I know what um, the passion of that fan base and that and that comes with that team, uh, that area of the country. Obviously, we're expecting a very hostile environment. It's like that on a, on a regular day. And so we're going to have to be able to handle that uh, and, and handle the extra added noise and, and, and everything that's going to come with the last game in the Oakland Alameda Coliseum. It's a special place. Like I said, I spent five years there, and it's, uh, uh, I enjoyed every, every day I was there as a Raider. Yeah, it's fascinating. That's John Filippo, And I forget that. 
that like he spent everybody spent time everywhere in the NFL first of all right when you're a coach news today about Scott Milanovic QB coach is uh, going to take a job in the Canadian League once again he had come from the Argonauts he's now going to coach the Eskimos he's going to hang with the Jags though through 2019 but uh, that news came out today so <laughs> there's a really good chance this entire staff is looking for a job for sure who had their money on Scott Milanovic finding it first <laughs> I mean, for sure good for him in Canada nonetheless yeah. well, he's back in Canada he's got a history uh, there you know the people that like Canada yeah at least in my you know my very little mm-hmm. history of of running into people that have, they like it oh yeah well, we we talked about John Chick. Um, yeah, Chick, Chick's a Jaguars. great example. He's I think he spent I don't know half of his life in playing a Canadian yeah. football man. He's got like, eight kids it. now. Yeah, he loved it. I mean, and he's like a legend there, man. Yeah, it's a it's like Justin Bieber. Well, I guess he's from Canada too. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he's he's like the Justin Bieber of Canadian football there in Canada. There you go. Yeah, sorry. I, I don't know about that, John Chick, but I'll take Austin's oh, word. Oh, Chickamania, man, hop on board. Get it while it's hot. <laughs> Second. Reference to chicks in this show, by the yeah, way. Yeah, well, at least this one was legitimate. <laughs> this one you don't have to apologize yeah, at least for. No one's offended by that one. <laughs> um, but and what I was saying is, you know, John D. Filippo gets hired, and you look at his resume, and I remember his resume. But then after a while, you just like you kind of forget mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah, he spent five years in. It's around these time of year when you have nothing else to tell the story of, but like or or Oakland, and this yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's an historical game. I mean, this will be a trivia question someday. Correct. But now we're trying to go back through the roster. Okay, who played for? Who played in the AFC West? Who yep. played? And I, I kind of forgot about the Filippo. If I'm being um, honest. All right, uh, there's a lot of fun things about this show mm-hmm. that I like. I don't know if anybody else does, but I like. Yeah. Uh, and one thing doing the show with you, former NFL guy. Now MMA guy is you learn some things about the industry yeah. that I, I just never even thought existed, and, and that can go all different levels. Yeah. Well, we were talking a little bit about kind of retirement and mm-hmm. the NFL and things because my fallen today is mm-hmm. there have been some players, former players, including Clinton Portis. Yeah. Big that, name right there. That's a, that's the biggest name on here. There are some names like the that'll, CC that'll Brown. This guy played for the Jags. <laughs> And you played with him. He played in week 16 and week 17 in 2011. So I was on IR, so that's my excuse. I was on IR, wasn't on the team, really. I don't know what my excuse was, but I don't remember him. Yeah. So uh, anyway, there's several players. And the United States Department of Justice came out and Hmm. charged these alleged fraud Mm -hmm. on health care benefit program. This can be very complicated. For sure. But that's what you're here to explain a little bit about. And you're not that shocked. No. When something like this happens. But no. this is fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. So to kind of, you know, paint the picture a little bit here, because, you know, I mean, one of the things that I take pride in, Brent, is whether it's with Cox Media now or with the NFL, I always try to, you know, I try to see what I'm all about. I mean, it's important to know what, what the job is that you have and just the benefits that come with it. So I'm very versed in the NFLPA and what they, what they provide and offer you. So when you retire, Brent, pending that you played, you know, a certain amount of time in the league, obviously you can qualify for a pension. And that pension you receive when you're 55 years old. Everyone knows the pension plan for the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's every player's goal to three and a half years because that way you qualify for your pension. And then the more- more years you play, the more exactly. years it goes up, just like anybody's yep. pension. Well, something that people aren't really aware of are the health care benefits. Now, obviously, yes, when you play in the NFL, you get free health insurance. When you retire, the way it's set up is you get five free years after the day you retire of free health insurance. After that, then you're kind of left to find your own means or whatever. 
But also with that health insurance policy is a thing called an HRA. And basically what the HRA was designed to do is depending how many years you play in the NFL depends on how much money you have in your HRA. It's just like your pension. So the more you play in the NFL, the higher your HRA is. And what the HRA was put in place to do is anything you had to have done football related. Let's say you had a bad knee, Brent, you have to require surgery. Right. Well, then you go through your HRA, assuming insurance won't cover 100 percent of the cost because normally they don't. Then you go through your HRA and you cover the other part of the cost. But it's not only on surgeries. It's things that you would need, say, that if you're trying to deal with some injuries from football, for instance, like Clinton Porter's example. A cryotherapy chamber. You could say, well, you know what? I'm pretty banged up from from the NFL, man. My body's just not right. I want to get a cryotherapy chamber. Obviously, insurance isn't going to cover that, but your HRA will cover that completely because it's a football-related injury. So what the HRA was put in place to do, basically, was to cover all the expenses that the insurance wouldn't uh, you know, cover with football-related injuries. But now here's where this whole thing kind of comes to fruition here. And here's where players are getting caught. And once again, I'm not surprised. It's nothing to get the HRA money. All you have to say is, listen, I'm going to get so-and-so. You show a receipt saying, all right, I acquired the device, and then they reimburse you for it. All you had to do was literally get a cryotherapy machine, take it back, show the receipt, and say, all right, I got it here in my house. Give me my money, and the HRA will send you your money. So it's I'm not surprised whatsoever. Yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, we were talking during the break, and there's a lot of levels to this. We don't know exactly. This is all alleged fraud. But, Correct. I mean, once the Department of Justice getting involved. It's a big deal. It's kind of like the FBI getting involved with some cases. You know you're probably screwed. Yeah. Um, and it's not like – I shouldn't say it's not astronomical money, but it's like $3.5 million mm-hmm. with a collection of players. Yeah. So what I think they're trying to do is take notice, be like, hey, NFL guys, don't do this because – my guess is, in Clinton Portis, who knows? Uh, I'm just speculating. Sure. That maybe there have been players for decades that have been doing this. Mm-hmm. And he had a teammate or two or a buddy and be like, hey, man, you can do this. This is it's fine. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, oh, maybe it's not fine. Well, <laughs> but for in his mind, it's like, well, everybody else did it. Well, and that's so the it's thing, fine, Brent, right? Like, and I just don't understand it as much as I should. Or eh, I can get away with it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like every single year, you get like your returns on your on your benefits, or if you go on your NFLPA app that the players have, and you see you know your different kind of benefits, you always see that in the corner. You see the HRA just sitting there, yeah. untouched, you know, and it's a pretty good chunk of money. And the thing about that is that it lasts forever. It's in your account until you know the day you get put in the ground, and then I think you can pass it on to your family. So from that perspective, you just see you know a hundred thousand dollars sitting there, hundred thousand dollars sitting there. I mean, a lot of guys try to get hit to the game and try to, you know, reap some of those benefits. Yeah, I think you had mentioned uh, whatever number, but I think some of these numbers they said are up to three hundred. They actually up to three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Correct. So, from my perspective, I'll, I'll, I'll be transparent here. So. I have four accredited seasons, so my HRA, because I haven't touched it yet, is, is $75,000. Okay. So, so I mean, gives you a little ballpark. Yeah, so then you think of Quentin. Ford has probably played, well, what, 12 years? Yeah, so go ahead and like quadruple that, and that's basically what he's rocking. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, a little lesson learned. I, I find that fascinating, man. A, it also shows you there's a lot of things that players have at their disposal once they retire. Well, it's, I mean, it might not be a blank that, check, yeah. but they've got to know how it works. they got to well, know how to... Yeah, and, 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 and what else is interesting? You told me you said because you chose the MMA, yeah, 
you may have lost the opportunity. Oh, that's to do a story for things, another day but, too. I'll, I'll be sure. But you to chose share. the MMA in that I regard did. and said, "Hey, what if?" But you also had that full test that you told us about at Boston University, I think, right? Yeah, exactly. So the paperwork is documented there yeah. of how your body was when you came out of the NFL. Of course, but it's just problem because even like the brain and body scan that we talked about at the Super Bowl last year, like some guys don't even know about that. Brand. Yeah. Some guys haven't done that yet. Yeah. It's just there's so many things at NFL players' disposal that they don't even know about. Sad. Yeah. As simple as the YMCA. Simple as the YMCA. Yes, sir. I'll see you there tomorrow morning. Uh, all right. Austin Lane shedding some light on that. Really uh, interesting stuff. Hey, I'm on my way to Oakland tomorrow with the Jags, so Marcel Robinson will sit in. Yes, sir. Uh, these guys will have some fun on a Friday. Make sure you check out the show, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, 3 to 6. And tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30, I'll be on it, including Jaguars All Access, Calais Campbell, Josh Lambeau, 7 o'clock on Fox 30. Come on out to Mellow Mushroom in Avondale, and you're going to want to watch. There's going to be a moment that you'll remember on this show. Have a good night, everybody. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.